Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm. Your all right. Listen, I maybe shouldn't say weekly, monthly, bi-week, anything anymore. Listen, we didn't want to run a show during Christmas, New Year's, and the first week podcast. Savage came out. Just podcast. We are a podcast. Yeah, we'll go with that because I'm not, I'm setting expectations here, and we're just setting you up to let you down. But today we're going to be talking about that thing that made it so we couldn't really have a show last week in that of the most recent Savage Tier, Pandemonium Asphodel is the first Savage Tier of the expansion. And for that, we have some very special guests as well that will have given us a very unique perspective on how that tier actually went. But first, I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Happy. Of course, joining me is Sly, my fellow hunter right now in Monster Hunter Rise. How you doing, Sly? PC really. I'm all right. How you doing? I'm you doing you good. I needed that mental reset after Savage from Monster Hunter Rise, so it came out at a great time. I bet you did. I sure I did. I bet you did. And most of the time we do a Savage show, we have a couple of guests that you guys are used to seeing, and well, we brought them back for another Savage show. We've got TPS's Black Mage, Sphia, who, uh, I don't know how you still managed Scott. to do Black Mage in Prague. That's always a question that comes up. How you doing, Sphia? Doing good, doing good. Good, good, good. And we have, of course, one of their healer extraordinaires, and that of Keo. How you doing, Keo? Doing good, doing good. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No, thanks. Good. Thanks for coming. I, uh, thanks for coming. I know sometimes it's a little bit difficult with scheduling. Sometimes you're doing reclears when I want to have you on. But fortunately, we're doing Friday shows more often now. So I managed to squeeze it in a, a little bit more easily. So thank you for making the time. Thank you for joining us. Um, we'll be, of course, talking about... TPS's perspective of the tier, given the, uh, the the veracity at which you guys claimed world first again. Congratulations yeah. again. I wonder if Yoshi P just sits there and goes like, are they done yet? <laughs> just just mark it down. Just mark it down. They're done? Okay, <laughs> just mark it down. That's fine. That's fine real quick. I'm pretty sure they're watching us, or like they're watching the, the contending groups at the moment, given that they knew the exact time we cleared, because the, all the times that we reported... We're actually a minute later than we actually cleared because it like the boss died as the time ticked over and they got the correct time and we didn't. So they know. They definitely know. <laughs> well, we'll get to talk about the nitty gritty of that in a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors over on Patreon for supporting. We barely get to do shows because of all these, all these things that just align with the show. It's a bit of a bit of a pain, but. With N. Walker, we'll be, of course, doing a bit better. I've already lined up a few more shows. I just got to line up some guests for them, Sly. So we'll be good to go for a little bit. Just clear your calendar. Clear your Fridays. Uh, also, thank you to our, our uh, sponsor, Steel Series. Couldn't get that one out in a while. Uh, we were, I think I set up a monthly giveaway for Steel Series in the last show, which was just about a month ago at this point. So that might be wrapping up about the time I announced this, but we are continuing the monthly giveaways for Steel Series. So if you're watching this on YouTube, then just go to the description, enter it there. If you're not watching it on YouTube, go to YouTube to enter it, because that's where the link is going to be. Because I can't, I'm not going to say the hyperlink over the audio format. That's, we're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. So thank you to them. Thank you to our sponsors on Patreon. And of course, thank you to all of you for watching. So, before we get too much into the nitty gritty of the most recent Savage tier, Sly, I want to actually address you first. Because you have a very different experience so thus far with Savage than the rest of us here. So, you have done three hours of Savage, I want to say. <laughs> How's that going? Yep. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. I feel like this is... Like, I've done Statics in the past, and, and it, it's, you know... 
you don't want to be around them too often. Like, <laughs> I like, it's like, I like you people, but at the same time, it's a fucking job if we are around each other more than like nine hours a week. So fuck that. I, my static is a really relaxed static. It's one day a week. Sunday is three hours. Got through P1S, did a little bit of P2. I'm okay with that. We, uh, I like to call our static the we got shit to do static. Cause during the week we got shit to do and, you know, Sundays are, you know, flex days. And I've, this is probably the best static I've ever joined. So much so that I am food and pot bitch for everybody. Ooh. I do not mind. You really? made it that response? I, I saw you, I saw that in your title the other day. I was like, oh no, he just means for himself, right? Not for everybody. No, no. Oh. Everybody. I mean, it's really, for, for me, it's really easy to gather everything, uh, run inventory because, you know, a little thing about Tincraft. Um, but yeah, like it's really easy to gather everything, make every, every like everybody's pots. And like, I usually take a day to just chill, craft, have beer, talk chat. And then everybody's situated, everybody's pots to pot on every pole. Like I expect, I, I expect them to pot on every pole, please. Dude, please even week one people please. don't pot every pole. We at least wait until we oh, think Oh, fuck all that. <laughs> fuck all that. I made an excess of pots. Like people have full stacks of pots. I'm like, if you're not potting every pole, what the fuck's wrong with you? So. Slime so more hardcore than the so, hardcore. Okay, so, it? so you, you probably have more insight than we do. Is potion making With like that way slide. easier this year? Do you think Waffle House raids ever yeah. ever return for you? So for anyone who doesn't know Waffle House, Sly goes into the party finder at like one in the morning to get his clears. Is what ends I up will happening. never fucking do that again. Why not? You don't want you don't want Waffle ever. House party finder clears? Uh, no, 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 never, ever. That's why I said Sunday, three hours. Whatever we get done, we get done, and we're happy with that. And, you know, move on next week, you know? And again, like, it's, it's a really good group. Everybody's like, everybody's really good. Um, DPS is not an issue, whatnot. So, you know, you know, it's the people that shit to do static. You know, Skage and Riss are in the process of moving and whatnot. And people got shit they usually do in the week. And I'm just food and pot bitch during the week. <laughs> I love that you call yourself food and, and, pot. and, and Kia, to answer your question, it's not, this tier, it's not that bad to crap pots or shit anything. And I'm not even, like, my main hand and Hoffman aren't the only things that are not completely pentamelded. And I doubt you even need pentamelding to actually make pots anyway. So, yeah, it's really easy for me. I heard a rumor that there's, uh, I'm not really, I haven't crafted at all this tier, that there's uh, no mm-hmm. tombstone item made in potions anymore. That is correct. Either, which is. That is correct. That would, I would imagine, make it a lot easier as well. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Because when we were progging, our crafters came out and just handed each of us like 800 potions. <laughs> and this was like two hours in. I, I told you, I, it's, it's not yeah. easy. It's I really physically easy. Can't. Like, you, yeah, you just I, turn on Netflix or just talk to people and just crank them out. Like, really? That's, press the macro. That's, press, yep. that's it. Press the they macro. They gave me... More than we could physically use in the duration of progression. If we potted on cooldown every time, every pull. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and y'all didn't much... even pot on cooldown. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely do. But, but essentially, uh, 
they covered us for ultimate two hours into the tier. Yeah, that's like how food, easy it is to, to churn our pots. Yeah, it had like a stack of 99 fruit as well. Yeah, they, they things just get absolutely, it's like a warehouse. These guys are insane. It's a factory. Bro, I'm like, everybody's getting like 50 food. We're good for the tier. With 50 food, y'all are good for the tier. Y'all are just getting full stacks of pots every Sunday. Actually, yeah, that's if I do the math, you're right. It probably does work out well, especially if you have meat and mead up. It's like 40, yeah. 40 45 minutes of food. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll, you'll be yeah, good for a like, while. We, well, my FC has meat and meat three, so we're, yeah, we're definitely good. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's an element we'll definitely come back to, the crafting element, because uh, it's kind of good you jumped into that, because that's probably the most unappreciated thing that we always say. In the, like, clear mm. tweet, everyone's like, oh, my God, they did it. And we're like, yeah, thanks to the crafters. We're like, shut the fuck up. Go talk about the raids here. And it's like, no, 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 we got to thank the crafters. They did a lot of work. We're paying them. Yeah, I remember y'all having the conversation, like, are, are we paying them? Well, no, it wasn't, that wasn't the conversation slide. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it, like, it came up and I'm like, like, how are we handling? How are yeah, we handling? This? I didn't we know how paying. we were handling it yet. That's, that's yeah, what we, we yeah, talked about it after, after the tier was done. We yeah. agreed to a price, which, um, was not a lot. It was like 12 mil a person, which I don't think. See, I, don't, I, I don't charge my static. I, I, they, you people should. say I should. <laughs> and people say I shouldn't. They try to pay me. I'm like, dude, don't. Take I tip. love y'all. That's it. Just take I, the tip. I love y'all. I do this out the kindness of my heart here. Just take the tip. Just the tip, no. Sly. No. I don't want to. You don't want the tip? Okay. Mm-mm. That's fine. I can't believe liquid death is just water. I just bug every time you lift up the can. It bugs me out. Okay. Anyway, with that, well, that is definitely an important element. Again, I think we'll touch on that a little bit later. Pandemonium Savage. Our first actual Savage tier for Endwalker. Mm-hmm. And one that I I think can everyone agree was going to be under a lot of scrutiny given the weight due to 5.4 and 5.5 and Endwalker's delay and everything. Was this not going to be a much more harshly criticized Savage if it wasn't of a certain caliber, I'd say, despite being the first one? Uh, I think for a lot of people, like, there's a huge influx of new players, so they won't really have too many... Comparison points um, that have been done, you know, like when it actually releases. There was just this huge surge of new players before the expansion. So for a lot of people, probably not. But for people who have been around a while, absolutely. Yeah. The delays definitely made us look a little harder at it. Think a little bit more. Uh, I would say there's like, there's two different ways of criticizing, right? There's one, there's comparing it to... The previous tiers, like you're looking at it in comparison, which I don't, I agree with Speed, not doing it that much with a long delay like this, but if it flops, if it's like a really bad fight, it's gonna get, you know, blasted. Like if we got Iconoclasm this tier, I think it would be, it would be trashed even harder. But, uh, we didn't have to worry about that. I guess that was gonna be my next question. Did we get, do you think we got an Iconoclasm this tier? Absolutely not. Every fight is unique and good, and it's really refreshing to not have a weak fight in a tier. That's it. We're just go- okay. We all agree in science. There you go. Uh, he spoke for all of us. <laughs> I mean, I can I can go on a rant for hours about that subject. But well, you'll get at least two very soon. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll get around two hours to do it very soon. So, uh, I guess with that, we should probably just jump right into the first encounter then. And I think the encounter that 
surprised people in Prague the most, specifically in Prague, because when things start happening in that encounter, you're thinking, okay, I did normal, I can predict this change, that change, and then he just throws you like, what the, what the, where did this, what, okay, I guess they're trying this time, that's fine, that's welcome, um, we have a good old boy, Eric Tony, just throwing chains everywhere. So what you said about throwing people for a loop, I specifically remember Phantom saying, be ready for a one or two shot on this boss. And I just kind of went, hmm, are you sure about that? And that did absolutely did not happen. And that's a welcome thing, just so people know. We, we, I, I said the same thing. I was like, this is our alt-roid. I'm calling it now. This, this is, this is our alt-roid of this expansion. For those of you newer, first boss in the Stormblood Savage tier literally was one shot by like a dozen teams when it came out. It was that poorly done. And this was not that. This is this is quintessential Final Fantasy XIV raid design of, you will die to this the first time you see it, that's okay, figure it out and pull again, pretty much. And is that kind of just how, I'd imagine it went like that for you guys, just hyper-accelerated. Because you're better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else am I going to say, right? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Exactly. There was there was probably a few reads that we had that accelerated the speed the the learning process, um, but overall, yeah, there was definitely a few. It's just a bunch of gotchas, right? Like, oh, yep, we've seen that we've died to that once. Carry on, but there was actual mini puzzles within it, and that doesn't usually happen in the first fight of a tier. Things you actually need to go and look at debuff timers and look at like specific arena like placements that you have complete control over. You don't usually have that much agency in a first fight, but you did this time around, which I think is, is really cool. Um, but it's very unexpected. When you compare it to the likes of Alteroid, or uh, even Eden Prime was much more simple. You had to go to this space, this space, um, bait this, as opposed to you've got the whole room to figure out what to do with these eight debuffs. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that sells it short to call... Eric gotcha mechanics because of particular intemperance and porthole shackles being even now, if you look at the diagrams that are showing up in these guide threads, they're complicated because this mechanic is not, the people are trying to boil it down to something simple and it's just not simple, um, which is great. That's it's refreshing on a first fight. It's a lot of overcomplicated. People, still. people <laughs> overcomplicating mechanics is, is refreshing. Listen, uh, well, it's, like intemperance, you can't simplify. You can simplify it down, but ultimately, there's still like two or three moving pa- moving pieces that involve split second decisions from two people. Like if you want to avoid yeah. damage downs, there is the brain dead. Like get a damage down and then smile and push forward, which I think everyone's eventually going to adopt because it's easy. But um, unfortunately, I, I see that look. Yeah. <laughs> I I just love the fact that I'm not one of the two people who had to worry about shit. I could just you know smooth brain that. I could like talk about intemperance the whole show, Sly. So I have no idea. Because I've seen now in the... I, I guess one one of the guides has the Southwest or, like, the South DPS and the South Tank do it instead of... Oh, I've seen that, and I'm yeah. like, fuck that, we're not doing it. And I'm that. like, isn't that normally a melee? And, I'm, and they're like, yeah, but you're still yeah. behind the boss, and it's like... Okay. That makes sense, I suppose. I can I can get behind that, I guess. You want to know what we did in Prog? Uh, somebody died, everybody got damaged down, and then you pushed through and killed at that pool anyway. 
Yep. The tank LB <laughs> ate the damage down raid wide and just carried on. That, it doesn't matter. The check is not tight. Yeah. It's, I'm it's such an... I'll go ahead, go to I'm, I'm hearing stories about P1 and Rages, though, in the PF. Like, that's a that's a thing that actually happened. I didn't know it had an enrage, but it does. <laughs> you knew it yeah. had an enrage, Spee. You just never saw it. You knew it, it had it, one. <laughs> is it Warden's Wrath? It's no, it's right? called Lythe. Um, it's the same animation as Warden's Wrath, though. Or Leith. Huh. It's Lythe or Leith, one of the Yeah, Leithy. Leith yeah. or Leithy or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Never seen that. I had no, to ask it. someone for footage of it. It's the only way I saw it. <laughs> I don't it, remember who. I love going through these first fights like that where there's like a mechanic that's not like it's, it's you get to like 30 seconds of talking about how to solve a mechanic and you realize we can't take this time. We got to just 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 go through like just ignore it. Try to power through because we're going to kill it anyway. And it's just a fun conversation. Yeah, and it's, it's it's something that you can draw a parallel to other first fights because um, I think the first fight in an expansion, even if it's a good fight, like even Prime, I'd consider a, a decent first fight. It's not a it's not a bad one at the very least. Um, and while there are certainly points where you can't afford to screw up, it, it's nothing quite as terminal as Furies fourteen or uh, messing up on tiles, which is, isn't even always that terminal, you know, depending on how it happens. Um, where you can just feel like you didn't actually know what you were doing, but it didn't matter at the end of it because you just needed to kill it week one and you'll worry about it next week. And I'd imagine that and also accelerates prog. Yeah, that's largely just due to the numbers, right? It just doesn't have enough HP for punishment like that to really stick in meta. I think our, our kill had some four deaths, two raid-wide damage downs. You still never see enrage, right? It's just... If you're pushing buttons, that the fight will die. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's it's yeah. the in, it's the intro fight to the tier. It's it's gonna be like that. It's just it always has been. But it's nice that it's at that kind of acceptable level where it is the intro fight. People who have already rated know it is. And then if it so if it's an impressive fight, then it again stands kind of above what the expectation is. And I think that speaks for Eric Tony here. I think they nailed it. Actually, I think that fight is really cool, like thematically as well. But. Even with the easier tuning, it still has, like, the things that you have to learn piece by piece to get through it. So it feels good when you actually get to the end because you've, oh, okay, it depends on how expedited your learning process was and how <laughs> disrespectful you were to the fight. But you do actually have that sense of progression going through. There are, like, you get through segments, it feels like. There are defined parts that you have to learn. There's milestones. When you get past intensity yeah, yeah. one, you feel good. When you get past cells one, you feel good. You know. Yeah. Checkpoints. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. It's like you had a very different. Again, you had a, a much different experience with the first fight thus far. So it, we we learned it kind of recklessly. You you waited for everyone to do that, and then went in on Sunday and cleared it in no time. So, from the perspective of just clearing it in a in a normal group, not one that is is hardcore world first, whatever. Were there any struggle points right from the get-go? Or was any, everybody kind of quick to be on the same page? Because the uh, stories I'm hearing from various sources about attempts are interesting. Several struggle points uh, during, actually. Um, definitely intemperance. Because getting down the fact that, you know, people are impatient as shit and we don't, like... You, you get the elemental boom, and then you get the AOE boom, and people, like, you know, fast-forward think 
each one. It's like you have to wait on the airwave for the the second one, and then you have to wait on another airwave before the last one. And that kind of tripped people up for a while. Um Chains. Chains was Change wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. It's just a, a matter of, I mean, we have really good people calling out, um, Skage, shout out to our, our raid leader Skage, who's calling out everything and allows us to be, uh, smooth brain for the most part. Um, wait, is that the Skage yeah, that cost me a star? Yeah, that's, that's the oh, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah, just uh, having the callouts, um, um, second chains or, or as as we like like to call them, um, from from the makers of Happy Brambles, we have Happy Chains. I'm uh, so glad the Party Finder doesn't call it that. I'm so <laughs> glad that it's just called Timers. For the love of God, no. I have a Happy Strat in the Party Finder in Japan. I learned Happy Ojisan Fountain. <laughs> Uncle Happy Fountains is what they're called yeah. over in Japan. Explain. I get it. So, I wanted to save it for discussion, but now that you've brought up the naming of mechanics. So when we were clearing, we were figuring out a mechanic in the third fight called Fountain of Fire. And it's when somebody mm. in, our, in our raid group glanced at a stream and said, let's just do it that way. The stream they, la- they glanced at was Stalls. And... So we're just like, okay, we'll do that, sure. I mean, I we wanted to figure it out, but since you've looked, sure, we'll just go ahead and do it. Why not? And Japan saw my clear video and said, oh, look at the way Happy does it. Let's do that in the Party Finder. And now it's what it says. The macro literally says, Happy Oji-san Fountain. Yep, thank you for saving Party Finder once again with your strategies, Mr. Happy. Stall, yeah. Stall's like, oh my home. god, Stall comes to me, she's like, oh my god, you're the guy. You made hat, and I'm like, Stall, no, it was you, it should be Stall Fountains, or Momo Fountains, or something. I can't escape <laughs> that, I just post clear videos! That was before the guide! This is what oh, happened with Brambles, it was just the clear video! Yeah, it's all your fault. You like Happy Chains. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. There you go. Thanks, man. But, Appreciate it. But yeah, all in all, there there wasn't really a lot that gave us trouble. I mean, it was just a matter of, you know, execution, as, as usual. But, um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad as a fight. Um, considering that we were only three hours and we had enough time to peek into P2. You know, Clear was good. He just peaked pretty far yeah, in. I caught the ta- I caught the tail end of that raid night. He peaked pretty far yeah. in pretty quick. And that kind of leads in. I, I did want to talk about t- the timers thing because the fact that people are allergic to using timers in a raid mechanic in the party finder is blowing my mind sometimes. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but the, there's party finder groups that are like, it's, it's called YOLO chains where anyone with a red just moves out and they just adjust. They're just like, no, we're not using timers for that. Yeah, we, we use timers. <laughs> we use timers and that took a, lo- a little bit of adjusting. Yeah, purple yeah. and red out. That's, that's what it's called. Purple and red out. So mm. that's what we did in our clear initially. Yeah. But that yet, woo. If there's anything that I've noticed, it's that Party Finder isn't really good at adjusting yeah. and YOLOing. Yeah, but they're not good like at following the rules there. either, if you think about it. Like when the mechanic, when it's like, this is the way the mechanic is done. 
and then it still does. It's like you know, there's just an understanding and execution range to the party yeah. finder, to say the least. I, I think that I think the way PF likes to do it. it thank God I'm not PFing this year. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing with PF I, I notice is that PF likes control, but at the same time they like the yellow. And when you put those two together, it doesn't really go well because people will be on the same goddamn spot and and then and then you're back to the uh, PF board looking for another group. <laughs> no, the best the special is when you both try to adjust in the same direction. In the same goddamn direction. <laughs> oh boy, that's fun. That's, that's true so suffering. Fun. Oh boy. Uh well, P1S fortunately a good introduction to a raid tier, whether you be returning or it's your first raid tier that you've ever done. Sly, you have something on your mind before we move on to P2S? Is it just me, or were y'all expecting a few more things? I mean, for Eric Tony to be all about these chains and, you know, they don't, he doesn't really use the chains like we thought. But even the pizza slices, like, I was like, okay, in, like, in my head predicting it, I'm like, okay, there are eight pizza slices per side. Maybe he's going to have a stand on a single So I get what he's talking about. Because of Shadowbringer's raid design, I thought there were going to be stacks and spreads, and we were going to have to be mm-hmm. either in or out. Uh, and they were going to do, like, you know, it's it's ether chain. There's only four squares open. You have to spread on the same. But then I remembered it's the first yeah. fight, and I was over-expecting what they would do. So Yeah. Yep. We, we prepared for both stack spread. We, we even, like, had pre-assigned positions for spreading on our side. So that everybody was spread out. And we also predicted mm-hmm. that somebody would be rooted and we would have to adjust to them by the chains, that they would somehow bind you. Um, mm-hmm. because they're chains and yeah, they never happened. Right. Two weeks ago, I would have put money on the fact that the room, when it was in the, the pizza slice section, was going to spin zodiac style. Yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely certain that was going to be a thing. And I still feel like it was a oh, mistake. Oh, we still yeah. have two tiers. That might be a thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that won't be the last time we fight Eric Tony if predictions in place are uh, are going to be mm. present, especially after mm. last expansion. Yeah, but he's, again, he's again. still around. I mean, like, I mean, he's he's following us in the lore, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm pretty. I, listen, we talk, I think we talked. To, oh no, we couldn't talk about it in the spoiler cast because it's Pandemonium wasn't out yet when we did spoiler cast. Oh, we're free to talk about it now. Yeah. What do you want to say? I mean, I was just going to say that Eric Tony is almost certainly our La Habrea from our current timeline. So I expect mm. him to lose his fucking mm. mind at some point. <laughs> I'll be surprised if any outcome that isn't that ends up being a reality. Oh, But anyway, yeah, we had to take our predictions a bit light. I know we all like to overpredict the first fight, think of what it could have been, but we, couldn't, mm. we had to, to dial it back. But I think the second fight... Was one a lot of people were were having a hard time thinking of how it would turn out in Savage because normal mode is absolute chaos, and then Savage is more defined, controlled chaos. Controlled chaos. There you go. And so when we move into the second fight, was did you have any expectations along those lines before your first poll that this was terribly awful in normal mode, and we expect it to be terribly awful here too? Not really. I think the way that we actually handled it in normal mode was very controlled. 
So it meant that we went into the Savage with very good, I guess, habits for that fight. Like we we just did everything, always stacked up. Uh, every bait was done very deliberately, all those sorts of things. Um, so it actually meant that tr- like that, that transition going to Savage, where it is much more controlled, was supernatural. Um, but they didn't really add too much new in there, right? Like there, there's only a couple of new mechanics when you step up. When you compare that to P1, where it's like 99% new stuff. Um, so that was that was very surprising to me. They didn't really seem to elaborate too much on what they already established in P2, normal. Does that mean your prog went a little smoother for P2 than you expected to, or even like even a little smoother? Because you guys were done with P1 and P2 so quick that I'm sure that the co- the the prog time was probably comparable between the two. Yeah, I think both of them were done in less than a lockout. So P1, we were a little behind by a couple pulls behind first, and then we got ahead in the second fight. So we made up a bit of time there, and I think it is largely to do with our practice and prep. Um, but mostly just a, a good understanding of how the mechanics go, right? Like, it's all very, very me- like methodical in that fight. Do you think that that, is, that detracts a little bit after the first fight is a little more freeform, I suppose, as you described it, with all the space to figure everything out, whereas this is very strict spaces that don't really leave a whole lot to the imagination? No, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think, from what I understand, most people have very, like, they feel like the P2 is a very good fight in, in Savage. Um, it's one of their favorites. I don't like it visually. It's all just, like, gray and blue. But the mechanics themselves are really, really cool. Uh, and they feel good to get done right because I think of the uniqueness of the arena that you're actually working with. So I think it worked overall. Like, if I was to rate it as a fight, was it a success or a failure? Yeah, it was good. Um, but... Yeah, I think that's largely to do with the uniqueness of the arena. Is probably the big one there. The fact that you're working with the grates and the tiles and the rectangular room and all those sorts of things. It works really well with what the boss does. Yeah. Whereas it didn't really in normal mode, right? It was just, it felt like it was a rectangular room for no reason. It felt like a Shadowbringers fight. Because it was like spread, then stack, then, then bait, then spread, then stack, yeah. then bait, then spread. Yeah. Just over and over again. But the but the stack there were a few stack markers, but most of the stacking was just to handle the frequency of raid wides. Something yeah. that we we took we had a lot of uh, I think good insight pre patch on this fight in terms of just it's omnidirectional. We're probably going to have to be together a whole lot because the melees aren't going to be able to spread. That was true, and um, there's a lot of damage even in normal. Like even in normal for a, for a normal boss, the amount of like raid wides and tank busters this boss was putting out was a little a little above average. So everything does damage. Like you know the the predatory sight mechanic that doesn't exist in Savage for some reason. That that did damage for some reason. Everything in normal mode did damage. It's uh, weird. The, I mean predatory sight was what became the debuffs, right? That's just the it became the predatory avarice. Yes. Avarice, yeah. It it did exist, it just slightly changed. Yeah, it was two spreads yeah. and then everyone for the droplet for the, the healer split damage marker. I was surprised Predatory Sight didn't didn't remain in any capacity because um, mm. I feel like that was uh, even just forcing people to move together for certain mechanics that you already kind of moved together for to like force consistency. That uh, yeah. that was that was a pretty big surprise in my part. Um, so so with the fight, there's some pretty notable differences. Coherence, having a wild charge. I think we all learned that the hard way the first time. <laughs> well, one person learned it the hard way the first time. Um, do you Indeed. guys ever go into split damage markers thinking they will become a wild charge? 
Is that ever a prediction that comes into your mind when you're going from normal to savage? Because I remember we thought the chain in one was going to become a wild charge, the knockback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any rectangular target or stack, like group stack rectangle, you always got to think that way. Because it's just, they occasionally do that where the tank's got to be in front for a rectangle mark. Yeah. Either a body block or a, or a wild charge. So definitely. Wasn't the one in one technically? Yes. It wasn't necessarily a wild, yeah, we, we call everything a wild charge that has any sort of tank intercept, but yeah, it was technically a wild charge. And I don't think and very many people are even doing it that way. I don't think many people have found a tangible enough benefit to doing it that way yeah. versus doing it traditionally. For those who don't know, the knockback that comes from the boss and one that he does on the tanks and then follows up, if the other tank stands in front, they take the Vuln and the knockback and then the other tank is free to do whatever they want. So. So you don't have to swap there? You do you not saying? have to swap there. No. Mm-mm. Wow. But what is the real, like, I guess the benefit is if it's grace, then the tank just runs through. But isn't that just as easy as having the off-tank provoke while already standing behind the boss? You know what I mean? See, I, I just, I feel like most DF and PF groups will do anything they can to avoid a tank swap. <laughs> so It feels I'm like the devs were doing anything to avoid a tank swap here, though. Because, like, it's so not... I mean, the only thing intuitive about it is that the marker is not a tank, like a tank buster uh, marker for it. It's like that, like, it's like caution tape. That's what I call it. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to have to assume that now caution tape is a wild charge going forward, I assume. That's going to be like their new standard for it, I guess, because, I mean, they don't use it for coherence, but it's the only, I don't know why they would use that marker if they're not intending it to be blocked. You know what I mean? I was under the impression they used that for rectangular so was I. tank cleaves. Yeah, like if you think of the near raid yep. where it happens that the three tanks get it, that's like the kind of first time that became sort of solidified. Yeah. And so it makes sense that they use it here, but then they just added a twist to it. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine it's going to be a consistent thing in the future, but it's something they can add to it, I guess. Keep it in mind. To, to me, it means tank mechanic coming, not buster. That's what my brain interprets it at. So... But, it, you know, this one ended up being slightly a buster in a way. Like, you better cool down that uh, that flare or, or get it really far away. We have, uh, for the flare, our tank who takes the knockback, he actually runs through the boss last second, gets knocked to the south, so the tank in the north is just doesn't have to do anything. Pretty cool. Yeah, snapshots like the that. damage, yeah. So it's And now if it yeah. were to be the other one, it wouldn't, wouldn't work too great, but, you know, wouldn't be the end of the world, I suppose. Uh so back to the back to the second fight. The arena you mentioned being the most unique part. I think one of Final Fantasy's greatest criticisms is circles and squares. <laughs> and this is a combination of squares and rectangles, but it works in a way we don't see used too often, where the entire fight is now based around this giant danger zone and just a few little spots for you to do mechanics. Now, Sophia, you said that you felt like that was unique and it was interesting. But again, I, I go back. I like this fight, just to be clear. But I always take note whenever they add things that force things to be done in a very specific way versus it being more open-ended. So do you think this was a – regardless of whether you thought it was fun, do you think this was a, a good use of limiting the arena in the way that they did it? Or do you think that it was maybe a little too – how would I say – closed off? to, to yeah. force teams to go a specific way with things. 
I can definitely see it both ways. I think the in terms of what they're trying to do with like uh, real estate, just making it a real estate fight by limiting how much space you have, there are probably other ways they could have done that. I know that some of our predictions were things like uh, the tainted floods would leave behind persistent puddles. Things like that could have also been used. Um, but in the end, for some of the mechanics to actually be difficult, they need to give you a very limited way to actually handle it. Like if you had the full room to do a bunch of these things, it's a joke. Um so I think it's okay. I think maybe they overused the sewage deluge, the whole floor being lava a little bit much, and they could have done other things with that, um, those sections there. But I don't think it detracted from the fight. I think it, there was just potential for it to be better. I, uh, I, I agree a lot with what Steve said. I also think that um, it serves better as a learning tool when you limit the options for people that are like just getting into raid, if you treat this as a, as the intro tier that's that's teaching people to become raiders, limiting their scope will make it easier for them to learn the ropes. I think you don't have people running out into where they can't go; their their movement is very restricted. They're more likely to figure out where they got to go quicker. I don't know. I just feel like it's more it's more new player friendly without taxing the uh, the difficulty of it too much. I, I really like the difficulty level of this fight. I think it's perfect. For a second fight. Well, you thinking it's perfect as a healer says a lot because it's rare that a healer thinks a second fight is perfect. Because uh, true, you're usually a little bored in the first two, and I have a feeling you weren't this mm-hmm. tier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, going back through the list of second tiers, they they all are very awkwardly balanced for healer, especially healing in, in particular. Like I even just uh, Shadowkeeper, for example. There's just these huge stretches where there's no damage. And then very intense sections. This one felt really normalized out. It felt very satisfying to map cooldowns. It wasn't mandatory to map your cooldowns. Ultimately, you could live with like soil and a sucker on almost everything, except coherence. Um, but it, it was it was good. It was satisfying, and it, the payoff was still really good. I don't know. It's a good fight. I was surprised how much I liked it because given the normal modes, I thought this was probably going to be the weakest of the fights, but. It surprised me. Well, relatively speaking, is it still the weakest, just not weak to you? No, I think the first fight's still the weakest, but that's not by much. Like, it's still really good. Okay. That's clear. Where are you up to so far on this, by the way, Sly? Where, how much are we, how much are we spoiling for you at this point when we go on from this point? Since I know you're still on the Oh, I don't give a shit. Uh, Yeah, we, we, like, I don't give a shit. We got to, what, what, 60% on our basketball? That's, that's, as the arena deals. And we only had like, we only had like three, maybe three pulls, three good pulls in there and we got the 60%. So then like in that last pull, Skage was like, I know what the fuck I'm doing. You guys are fucked. I'm like, okay, well, fine. (laughs) So we're going to, we're going to go back and, you know, on Sunday and probably get it. We'll, we'll definitely get it on Sunday. Hell yeah. One thing that was kind of weird to me about this fight, mechanic, I, looking back at the footage, didn't see because it required a mass screw-up, is apparently if you die, if somebody dies or fails a mechanic, there's like this massive dot that's not dropsy that people start to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one Wait, there what? is when you die while you have the, the water the jet, the directional, yeah. yeah, that will resolve. Mm-hmm. And if it hits people, that'll give them the dot. And that thing is brutal. It hurts real bad. Uh, we got very lucky in our clear that when we did like the final coherence plus limit cut stuff, um, 
well, not limit cut, but the coherence plus uh, jets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It killed a bunch of us, but we didn't clip anyone else with those jets. Just, just like sheer luck. Um, so we got through it, but it's just like an extra punishment mechanic and it's not unrecoverable, but it is there. I think it's pretty good overall. Maybe even a little bit too difficult. Well, not difficult, but too punishing because there's already the punishment that if you don't have a partner to be bumping into, you're dead. And now if that person's died, they're probably killing other people. So it creates that cascading effect. And in a second fight, that's pretty tough. Um, I'd say that's probably there to be pretty similar to, well, maybe not similar to, but to add a difficulty level akin to the likes of Cycles at the end of uh, E2. Which didn't, like, in terms of execution, that didn't exist in this fight. There was no one very intense section where it's just constantly go, go, go. There was very controlled, we're doing this phase now, and then it resolves all by itself, and then repeat. Um, so I think that's more to up the overall difficulty level. Yeah, even the, punishment is. Even the very last mechanic is, like, two GCDs of difficulty. Like, you, it's all set up, and then intense for, like, two GCDs, and then coherence goes off, and then you either die or you live. Yeah, refer yeah. to the, the last that's, arrows plus coherence. That's that's a good descriptor of of, of most mechanics. That's <laughs> yeah, definitely far from cycles. Well, it's, it's far from cycles where you're just yeah. you're stressed for an entire like thirty second period of constant execution check. It's, that would not have anything like that. With cycles, it's more like me looking at my party list. All right, who has a damage down? How many people <laughs> this time? What's the boss's HP? All right, we'll see yeah. how it goes. Were there, how many damage downs existed in the first two fights? There was a lot in the first one, I know that. Yeah. Um, like, the you second, got hit by anything was a damage down. So funny thing, the crash, if you're too close, it gives you a damage down. But it's also 200,000 damage. So, you're oh. probably gonna die anyway. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. I think it's in case hmm. they, they expect people to try to tank LB it, maybe. And they're just like, uh, no, uh, let's, yeah. we're gonna make sure you regret that decision right now. And people are still tank LBing it, even doing it correctly, just because of coherence plus flow plus, uh, the, the room wide that hits the, the party right there. Or the coherence, the second half of coherence. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's some scary stuff in there. Slime. I mean, another thing, like, Another quick side note, in, in terms of like damage, everything damage wise, um, another thing like people forgotten, like we were doing it out of fucking necessity, me and the, uh, the monk in my group, like we were, um, coordinating, um, Thanks. feints. And, and Tank was like, yeah, 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 why don't we just do an addle? Like, you know, feint is for everything now. Like, it's not just, it's addle not is just also for physical. everything. Yeah, it's every, it's everything. So it was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, fucking feint anything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, there's like, I never, I wouldn't say never, um, but the own, there was definitely an onus on, like, coordinating our feints, uh, this tier, like, due to all the, like, just being scared of shitless of all the AoE damage coming out. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, cause the, I, I was surprised to see this. The AoEs in the first fight are all physical. <laughs> The warders were yeah. rats. Yep, yep, yep. I was like, that that's very toxic. uncommon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so toxic. That's the, that did that. It's the only fight that does that as well, though, right? I like, think it's so. the only one that actually throws out a bunch of physical damage. Yeah, but it's yeah. almost like training melees. To, well, the problem is the game doesn't fucking tell you. We everyone else has to tell you, and they're using ACT to figure it out. Uh, 
that, but then now the meleeers are like, oh, room wine, I'll faint that. And then they go into the next fight and they're like, oh, I can still faint that. That's right. Mm-hmm. It does magic damage <laughs> too now. It's training them. They're like, we gotta get these dumb fucking meleeers to press faint for room wides. We, we can't, <laughs> we, we can't, can't allow this. <laughs> you say the game doesn't tell you, but then you RNG block or parry it and you're like, did I just, did I just parry that room wide? Yep. That's the only other know. indicator in the game is blocking or parrying. Well, I guess not blocking, parrying, because blocking is still you can block magic yeah, you, attacks. Yeah, yeah, you can block magic. Yeah, yeah, but parrying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's always that too. But there's no good tell. There's no like, I know this automatically. No, one day Yoshi P, we'll get you to do it one day. Just change the color of the bar or something. That's what the add-ons do. Remember, I'll watch other people who have, like, third-party shit. That's essentially what they do. Just changes the color. From what I understand, all they need to, like, make their changes already in the game. Yeah. It's just a matter of, of, yeah, enabling it. Uh, One thing I wanted to talk about in P2 was the frequency of tank damage as well. Like, after every mechanic, there's a tank buster. And then some of the mechanics also have a tank buster in it with the dissociation, sorry, the coherence. It just, I remember halfway through, Brian being like, why is it, there's another busty here? Why is this here? And it just like, it's consistent throughout the whole fight. There's just, they keep on hitting them. And that, I mean, that's the way that they can actually deal with the ridiculous amount of buttons that tanks have now, right? They just have to keep putting out just shit tons of busters. Because now you've got like 30 second CDs, which are as strong as your strongest two minute, uh, in the window that it's up and, and things like that. So it felt like, they may have hit it. Like, I'm not a tank, so I'd have to ask Sanelf and Brian what their thoughts are. But they're definitely increasing the frequency of damage, just from an outside perspective. And as a healer, I love it. It's perfect. Thank you. They're listening. More not tank more. busters, please. Give, give us give us some auto-enhanced cleaves, too, uh, once in a while, in addition to that. Oh, you want to go while. back to, like, tight, like, auto like, like, insta cleaves. Like, yeah. <laughs> Kino, it, sounds, it sounds like you're just a fan of shit to do. I, look... My, there's so many fights they've given us the last like two or three raid tiers where I never had to push my Fey Union button once because there's just no tank damage. You know, Essential Dignity or whatever handles all of it or whatever the OGCDs are. And I was like, let me push my Fairy Tether and feel satisfied that the tank's not sitting at full HP getting the ticks. So, yes, please, more. Kikio experiences ultimate sadness when he presses Recitate XCOG on the tank and it goes to 45 seconds. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> That did not happen this tier. I can promise you that did not happen this tier. At least not at any reasonable time. Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of damage. That's, that's true of the next two fight. The next fight, especially, Phoenix. <laughs> how, mm. how is it? It's like, I think it's Phoenix for this specific pronunciation. I think I still is. call him Phoenix. Yeah. My Google auto fixed it to Phoenix the whole time I was typing it out. So I just stopped trying. I suppose. Everyone just makes a joke about being like, Happy, did you name this? What do you mean? Yeah, it sounds like you're from Jersey. The Phoenix. I'm like, <laughs> No, I didn't name that, believe it or not. That's fine. Okay. Uh, this third fight, okay, so while I talked about the first encounter being heavily criticized, being a first encounter, I, for me, the third fight was the one I was looking at most. Because I did not like Shadowbringer's third fight almost... Every time I didn't like it. But 11 was okay, but I was just like, okay, so he has three attacks, and that's it, right? That's the whole fight. Okay, got it. This time, they were like, hmm, 
What was everyone's favorite third fight? Some guy in the hand, some guy in the room raised hand. I like Cruise Chaser. Somebody else raised hand. I really liked uh, Living Liquid. Another person raises their hand. I actually liked Phoenix. And they're like, let's do it all. Let's do all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Grab all the ones people liked, and we'll just do that again, and we'll worry about the next one next year. That's what <laughs> this fight was. This was third fight. This was third fight. Savage. 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 Two. No. Savage. Rebirth. Something sounds like a DDR yeah, song oh, now. Rebirth. Rebirth is fitting. Rebirth yeah. is fitting. Yeah. It sounds like a DDR mm. song now, though. So. I think. I can speak for everyone when I say that the worst part about the fight is the arena. <laughs> I personally don't struggle with it Even that much, normal. but everybody Even hates it. Fuck the, fuck the arena. That was the only that mechanic that got easier in Savage because there's less AOE markers. Yeah. Yeah. It's... They're usually really good about it, and they're usually actually really mindful in their design of arenas and AOE indicators to not put same color on same color. I think they just forgot this time around. That fire on top of red arena with a red background and a red boss doesn't really go too well. Uh, memo must have slipped through at some point. Maybe the, the notice on the just fell off the, the notice board. Just find yourself swimming. Mm. <laughs> what? What do you make it stop? <laughs> stop making that face. <laughs> Why are you making you just that find face? yourself squinting. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> In normal mode, maybe, but not in, in Savage. Okay, I'm the most qualified person to talk about this here. Savage was tough on the eyes. It wasn't hard to see mechanics. I just, my head hurt just having this <laughs> color blasted at me the whole time. Yeah, more or less. It's like, it didn't yeah. impede anything. It was just kind of annoying. And uh, that's it. Yeah. It's like using... Discord light theme. Why, why would you do that, right? Uh, we have we have a bonus comment from a TPS member. Uh, I believe it is your ninth member, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves. Obviously, the color of the arena is simply to immerse you in the fight, as fighting with a huge flaming phoenix would hurt your eyes, IRL. Sure. Thank you, please. Thanks, please. Thanks, please. Yeah. There we go. Appreciate that. Oh, that He's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. He's completely correct. Yeah. So I'll it was that. also more motivation to get the hell out of that fight as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, that and means, in that, uh, sorry, I'll oh, go ahead. No, I was going to continue. I, I uh, just finished the point. I'll just say again, in that we were a success. We got the heck out of there as fast as we could. Quite literally the goal for world first. Fortunately, yes. your, your interests aligned in this one particular case. So the third encounter itself though, was, uh, it's a third encounter. It's the jump from two to three is, is the considerable difficulty leap in most ways. There's one way we'll talk about it a bit later where I think it, it oddly took a tiny bit of a dive. Did, did this go in any way the way you expect? I didn't expect them to take this many twists and turns towards the end in particular. Cause they were just like, let's just throw this new thing at them and then that new thing and then this new thing. And I was like, okay, I kind of thought some of these things might happen in some capacity, but I didn't expect them to be like this, like rapid fire. Yeah. So, some, go ahead. This one away. Okay. Right, we'll so, some of the things we, we definitely predicted. There were a lot of things. I think this was a very predictable fight in terms of 
we had the whole of T12 to like look after. So we were predicting maybe there'd be fountains or a fountain, uh, probably just one because that's what they had in T12 at a time. Um, we predicted the, the black fires going underneath people. It made sense that it was pairs because it's four fires, probably four, um, people like, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of that was predictable, but the tornado phase was just what? And the dead rebirth was what? Um, so yeah, a mix of both, I think. That, that's all I was thinking of saying. Not, not, not gonna say it anymore, Svee? Just gonna agree? Uh, we kind of, the first phase of that fight, you can, you knew it was all gonna happen coming yeah. from normal mode. Like, you see the stacks on the black fires in normal mode, and you're like, oh, I wonder what they're gonna do with that in Savage. Um, and then funnily enough, it works exactly as we predicted, and you just gotta hit them a bunch of times. Uh, other than that, like, yeah, at half time, the pace kind of just all of a sudden changes, and it's not the normal mode fight that you're doing anymore. It's just, you're actually doing the savage version, it feels like, once you get past ads phase, and it just, everything's different. Also, that's kind of, I still don't think it necessarily is, kind of the first true ad phase outside of uh, Idol of Darkness, that a kind a of phase, that we've had, that we've had in 11, a, yeah. that we've had in a really, really long time, like a really long time, where you have ad positioning management, where you've got incoming sort like damage from multiple sources, uh, a lot of positional stuff to deal with. It's just we haven't had that. Like even the one in uh, seven E seven, Iconoclasm, there was you had such little control over what you do in that phase. The one thing moves by itself, and that dictates everything that your party does, as opposed to this, where the only thing that dictates what you do is that there needs to be space between them when they die. That's it. Everything else is up to you, which is cool, and I love that, and I want to see more of it. Completely skipping over. I don't blame you for this. E1 doesn't count, the one where it's just two ads that cleave an AoE, and that's it. There's no there's no that's separating them even. Not counting E8. Which is surprising, because E8 is um, generally regarded, because, I mean, Keo knows. It's A3 light, so we, we you know, we're familiar. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. Those ones all are very, like, the A, or the E8 one particularly, is so, so, like, you have no control. It's just kill this thing, kill this thing, soak this tether, and a very fixed, every single time is going to be exactly the same way. Whereas you actually have agency. And I think that's probably the big word for this whole tier is agency. Not so much in the last fight, but particularly the first and the third. You have control over how you do these mechanics uh, and you control where the pieces are as opposed to being told exactly where to do it, which is the problem that you were talking about in 2. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's still a far cry from something like T12's ad phase where there was so many more moving parts and set up across the whole section before and this this is much more just simple. I really think it's just it's like four ads, spread them out, kill them. That's for the most part. There's not even AOEs to dodge until the tethers. Um, but it's still a step up. You're right. It's and it's it's encouraging. Hope you hope they do more like that. Chat. First time we get ads in a while, and FF Logs removes them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. Sad face. I mean. That's kind of a good thing for PF. I think it's bad for any coordinated group, 
But for PF, it's a very, very good thing because you don't want to be running with people who are just greed-lording those ads and constantly wiping for it. Because that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. A bird's just going to die straight away, and people are going to be very pissed off. Imagine you put, you pull all four ads to the middle, AOE them down to 30% or something like that, and the tank's scrambling to get the... Listen, you're I, saying I that. that. I saw before they said they were taking it out or even putting a poll up, there were people who were like, how hard do those hit the DPS by any chance? So they could, like, group them and then have the DPS move two of them out so that the tanks didn't have to do any more movement. <laughs> we were actually... That was the first thing that we asked as well. Can we have DPS pick these up? And then we saw they ordered the tanks for like 20k. We're like, uh, no, we can't do that. I saw some group doing that. And like, I turned onto a stream post frog and I saw DPS tanking one of the little ads. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. And he lived. I don't know how much chain healing he was getting. Probably. He did live. A decent chunk, I'd have to imagine, given rain of fire and the auto attacks. I'd yeah, have probably. to assume. Yeah. Um, yeah, after that 50% mark, though, after you get through that true ad phase, uh, it is just, there's a few really weird decisions in the second half of that fight, and I think the teeth might be the weirdest one, the first usage of the teeth to teach you how they're used. So, the, the, the ads when you kill them become fledglings, and they, they just, they're teeth, alright? They look like teeth, they're teeth. Everyone's calling them teeth, alright? And in normal mode, they automatically get placed one at a time, and then, you know, they do an AoE one at a time, and you have to, like, stand in a safe spot, then move, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they'll probably do that in Savage. No, in Savage, you just have to put them far enough apart facing away from the group, and you could do whatever the fuck you want. And I was just like... Yep. That's a that's a weird way to go. And all they're doing is teaching you how it works for later is the weird thing. But it's like... But they, but they taught us in normal mode. They don't have to teach us again. Yeah, that's what but I yeah, was thinking. But the reintroduction of that mechanic has one very obviously missing component. And anyone who actually broke down the, the mechanic immediately realizes that because there's no 3 debuff, that mechanic is a joke. Yes. It's you just point in the middle and just do it. If there was a 3, the whole thing changes. Positioning changes, you have to do wacky things with shapes, but... It becomes an infinitely harder mechanic, well not infinitely, a much harder mechanic to solve initially. Probably probably pretty similar to execute, but just that one missing number, there's ones, there's twos, and there's fours. The one missing three would have changed that mechanic. You know, maybe a couple more pulls, maybe just another five minutes figuring it out. Yeah, I, I remember coming up with ways when we saw the debuffs of how a three would work, and I was like, did we get a three? And they said, no. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not bothering with that anymore. That's too much brain energy yeah. for me. You had, I don't know, because we had, like, you had, like, one here and then one here, and then you had, like, one north of this one, and then you had, like, one offset over here on the left, and I'm just like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Just fucking one, yeah. two, four. <laughs> That's too much, too many yeah. brain loops for me. Um, then you come to, so one weird thing, people are talking about tornadoes, they're talking about fountain of fire. I'm not going to lie, glory plume still scares the shit out of me every single time it comes out. Um, for those still learning the fight, the first time you see Glory Plume, it's it's Cruise Chaser Hawk Blasters, basically rotating AoE with one that ends in the middle. And it's either stack or spread. If I learned anything from Shadowbringers, it's that decision will always be the death of you. Because that is exactly what happens every time. Somebody tries to spread to a spot like, oh yeah, this is my spot. Nope, it's not their spot. It's a stack. Oh, sorry, I gap closed into the boss. 
I, I don't know if it, there was – you guys probably had it mostly under control, I'd imagine, week one. This is something that your team would have practiced a million times over. So we we have practiced spread positions for light parties. I don't think we ever practiced melee ranged split spreads. So that was a little bit of a, you know, I, I don't oh. think it took long, but. Speaking of the melee range split, yep. uh, we didn't know until about two hours into Prague that they were actually melee range splits. It just, we just 50 50 it and got through randomly, and then all of a sudden we die, and we're like, oh, thank you, Final Fantasy. Whoops. Good old, very good old 50 50s. Yep, yep, same thing. That reminds in, in Kefka, you know, the front kick or the back kick that he does after he charges at people. We had that happen for about two hours. He did the, he did the back kick every time. And then one bully did the front kick. And, uh, well, he died. So this was pretty much the same situation with Glory Plume. Yep. But other than that, and I'd still we, imagine it, it wasn't that much of strife. I'd imagine you could imagine other people having strife with it, but you were probably glad that you were with the people you were with. At the yeah. time. <laughs> the also, thing is, th- this was more egregious even though, because it was not 50-50. It was 75-25. Because you either got the spread, and then you didn't encounter it, or you got the stack and got lucky. So. I just yeah. meant the mechanic as a whole, but yeah, that works. That works too. Because it doesn't but, matter 50-50 or not, people just can't do stacks and spreads in the party finder. Right, so. Mm. It's a scary thing. There is a big difference in sort of burden of difficulty, though, in that if you get stacks consistently, your chances of clearing go up. I found that the spreads are way harder for people to do. Just from watching, people are not very good at those spreads. They snapshot super early. They're bigger than they look. And people are already running around like headless chickens at this point. Especially um, especially in the tornado phase. Especially. Yeah. Oh, God. yeah. So... If your group is struggling, just run until you get nothing but stacks. Grats on your loot. That's it. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah. I, listen, Svi, I know GDQ is this week, but we don't we don't need the, the speed run wow. strat. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you just wait until you get a good seed. That's it. And then you get world you get the world record for the fastest time. Yep. That's it. I mean, still not wrong though. Keep this in mind, Sly. When you see those spreads, just do a quick one of these and uh, get ready to pull the boss again. <laughs> if you if you haven't pre-assigned your positions, do it, it people go and people go and die. People go and die for sure. Even I if you even if you pre-assign, Skages Skages taking care of that. But even still, we have pre-assigned positions for P one, and that kind of went a few ways. Sometimes. <laughs> A few ways. What is that now? That's not liquid death. Is that a hurricane? That is. You, 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 I'm just going to start calling you Hurricane. That's your name now. Sly, a.k.a. Hurricane. Your stream is still going to be calling you Hurricane later, Sly. I just want you to know this. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> then we have- already know me for it. Then we have Fountain of Fire, which is, if you've done turn 12, at least it's it's mostly familiar to it. The positioning that you have, the space you have for the arena is a lot different, but, and it's a, I guess there's a little, like you said, there's a little more agency than there is in the original turn 12. Turn 12, there's just a fountain, you rotate who's in it. This one's not like that. This this, this one Keo probably really enjoyed, I'd have to imagine. I turned into a superhero. <laughs> 
great. I think that's one of the first times I've seen them do a mechanic that makes the player who does it feel like an absolute god. <laughs> the first time I, I used the first time I used consolation in that situation, I cackled. I didn't hold my mic down, but I cackled IRL <laughs> when I saw like full health shields on everyone from one consolation. Like, yeah, this is good. Couldn't I just thought of this? Can you put a warrior in one of them? Yes, and then they just pretty shake it off. Yes. Uh, well, shake it off is a percentage of your max health. Yeah, it would work. Oh, but, but it is. Yeah, the healing is the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The healing would work, but your healer's going to achieve yeah. the same thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, I remember going in when we were first figuring it out, and I was like, oh, shit, that did so much damage. Heal me. And then I pressed second wind, and I was at full health. I was like, oh. So that's how that works. I had noticed. I got an embrace for 33K from a fairy. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's power. That's... That's that's drive. That's power. That's what it is. Is there's nothing quite like doing a deploy and having it not only ze- not only zero out to it whole AOEs, but then have you can't even like reapply the shields because they're too big still left over until they time it out for the firestorms that's going after. We contemplated just letting funny. the tank busters go wide. Like we were like, why are we doing the? Why are the tanks getting these off of us at this point? I don't think we'd die if we just ate the tank, as long as we didn't eat both of them. Maybe even if we did eat both of them. I don't fucking know. Probably not. Oh, yeah. there's no, a, it's a lot of shielding. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of fucking shields that you get from that. And uh, that's... I, I really like that. I like I like the idea of making the player feel, feel powerful. This, going, going back to Ultima. Ultima is required. But still, I like the idea of doing something correctly, and the player gets some sort of reward that they need to use in order to... Get through the phase, get through the encounter, whatever it is. And because you just feel so good about doing it. Every, I think non-healers cackle because they see the healing and they're like, yep, I, I'm so down for that. I'm so happy for you. Whoever you are in the fountain, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> and then the people doing the, the phoenixes are like, how come we have to do this shit? How come their shit just makes them a god and my shit almost kills me every time? Well, depending on the strait you use, there's they're not all created equal. They all share the same rules and stuff, but some of them make positioning a little tighter than it needs to be. Yeah. Definitely. There's a few different ways. We were going to do it a couple different ways, and then we landed on what is now <sighs> Happy OG Sun. Happy OG Sun. Yeah, yeah. fountains. Yeah. Thank you, Stahl. Thank you, Momo. Appreciate it. Thank you. You know, I'm kind of... I'm kind of embarrassed because this is the first year where, like, I, I legitimately have no clue what the non-healers are doing in that section. I, I'm entirely tunneled on Fountain and healing the party and Fountain and Fountain. And uh, I just, I don't even know what you guys. I see AoEs going out. There's some kind of dashes. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's it. You just nailed it. That's what everyone else is doing. They're dropping an AoE and then dealing with a dash. Is yeah. Three sets of paired close baits, and those close baits uh, will give you a targeted AoE. That targeted AoE will do damage, and then a bird is going to spawn on that tethered to you, which you need to range bait. Range bait. Uh, that bird does a line, though, which goes through you. So that's why we go opposite each other and behind each other's bird. Yeah. Ah, okay. And then we yeah. wait for the AoE heals because we know that they're going to be very, very strong. 
when you say range bait, what do you mean specifically? Like you have to get proximity, proximity AOE. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the tether that turns from arrows into solid purple. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they're just dashing and the healers come back in the middle and they're like, I'm here to save you. For the next 30 seconds, I suppose. And then once you're done with that, you get two firestorms of Asphodelos. I think the, the third tier fight I expected to see least was Living Liquid. When I was thinking of how this fight was going to turn out going into Savage, I was like, yeah, there's probably going to be three fire tornadoes and, uh, you know, knockbacks and stacks and spreads and baits. Nope, nope, that's all there. Sure is. And this is, this seems to be the biggest pain point for the party finder right now. Um, it's slowly improving. Really? So people are really, have a really tough time baiting. The tornadoes and the boss and not killing and, and clipping each other. It's improving. It's improving because what people are doing now, what's becoming standard is, is called Elmo strat. <laughs> I think I've seen that diagram. Yep. Explain. So, explain. So it's a diagram where the twisters, the three tornadoes are replaced with, you know, the mm-hmm. picture of Elmo in the fire. That's the, that's how they, they designate the tornadoes in the diagram. That's the reason it's called Elmo Strap. And that's where you have, uh, tanks just involve as many, like, I think in the Elmo Strat, they involve the two south tornadoes plus the, I have to, I have, it. <laughs> I think I have it's, it. It's two, it's two south tornadoes, two of the cleaves from the boss that are close range baited, and both the tank busters. All that together. Okay, I was trying to make sure it wasn't the other one, because there's another one where one tank takes both of the south tornadoes, and then the north tank takes the north tornado, and they kind of then cleave south while the other ones cleave east and west, and then the party just does one off on the side from the boss. So I was trying to remember which one was Elmo, but... Uh, that seems to be finding the most success, as long as your tanks can ensure they have their invulns there, because they eat six-eighths of the mechanic, essentially. Yeah. The almost Strat has just the Fizz range baiting one of the Tornado Cleaves, and then the party gets one boss cleave, and then everything else is tanks. Yep. Yeah. I have to remove as much responsibility as possible to get through this as consistently as possible. Is, and, is and, yet I've, and yet I've seen the tank, like, the one that's baiting the Southeast Tornado Cleave, I've seen that cleave clip people in the solo stack on like streams and stuff. Yep. I don't know that this is the best strat to normalize, but if that's what they want, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, it's going to be one of those where people are going to put markers down. Like the, they have to tell the party finder tank what the spot is. And even then, if they're off, here's the thing. What bugs me is that tank is a little too far north when that problem is perfectly fixable by being another step to the south. You can't be that far south because you need to still be in range of. The tor- both the tornadoes, yeah. yeah. You need to be you need to be in range of a lot of things. Um, and the party party does not do a good job of being max melee to not bait those as well. So oh, sorry, my internet's going a little weird right now. Let me lower the bit rate. Apologies for that. Yeah, I've been having internet issues a lot as of late, but this isn't as bad as it normally is. So uh, that will normalize ish. It will be super pixelated as long as I can still be on the call. We'll be okay. And I apologize for that, both on the YouTube video, where this will be reflected, and of course, live on the stream. Uh, hopefully it'll be back. I hit local record just in case, because it's only my upload speed. So, this just only happens with my upload speed, uh, maybe once or twice a day, and you, all you three, landed on the, uh, the lucky time of the day. I suppose. Because all that's actually happening. Yay! Yay! 
helpful way of speaking of speaking of lucky time of the day uh that was a thing in Prague. Keo has been DCing at a very specific time of day every day, and we had to play around that. Okay, and yep. you get to the elephant in the room, and I'm surprised I didn't ask this earlier. Because we've we've all been going through it, like cues, DCs, whatnot, and everybody's been dealing with no fucking way. Um, did y'all have any contingency plans laid for if when this happened, because in my mind, when before, before Savage was even out during normal, I'm like, hmm, are Savage teams just going to have like a backup of like eight people? <laughs> the initial contingency plan is Cleese. I and Cleese subs in <laughs> while we're back in the queue. Cleese levels every job that we could possibly play and just gets ready. The second okay. contingency plan, and this one was the most annoying, was a second character logged in on a different service account at all times. Uh, so that one is a ton of preparation work and annoying as hell, uh, especially considering you couldn't buy the game, so if you didn't have one already, you were shit out of luck. Uh, and then the other one was this little place called Siren. So as soon as we were able and we got our crafted gear, we just got the hell off of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh is just absolutely not the place to be. That it's a mistake. But no, we were unfortunately there, so we just jumped out, got to Siren, and we just sat there. Some of our crafters transferred over with us as well, and they were just making pots, churning up foods. And uh, we just stayed there. So we technically were uh, world firsting from Siren. Yeah, great. The, to your server. The, definitely the scariest part is the first, like, 30 minutes to an hour of Savage Launch. If we had DCs during the initial opener, it was going to be catastrophic. We were going to hit these long queues right on server up. It was going to slow. It was, we we're going to lose all our progress on the first fight. It was really scary. So that, that was where the second character, like on a separate service account would have been really helpful is that first bit right there. If we, if we lost somebody, they may, they possibly have another person or Cleese gets in and can fill either way, but that didn't happen, thankfully. But, um, yeah, I, I've been having this DC every morning. It's at 6.30-ish, between 6 and 7 o'clock a.m. Um, Pacific time. And um, it, it was like we hit 6 o'clock, man. We had everything. We had a decent amount of food and pots, not not the amount we needed to finish the tier, but close. And I was just like, can we please leave? Let's just gr- all full group siren. And we did. And 20 minutes later, I DC'd, as predicted. And if that had happened while I was on Gilgamesh... Would have been bad. No fucking way. No fucking so, way. There's definitely some luck involved because it's not a precise timing of when I DC. It's just a trend. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I wish luck. mine You're was precise. <laughs> well, I don't even disconnect. Yeah. I only lose my upload speed. That's it. I don't I don't yeah. disconnect. Internet problems are the worst. Like especially because ninety nine percent of the time it's out of your control and there's nothing you can do about it yeah. except just suck it yeah. up and deal with it. We did have a computer crash as well from Phantom mid-prog as well. So, yeah, that also doesn't help, having to completely reboot, log in. But we were fortunately on Siren at that point. So it didn't punish us too much. But that was heavily mitigated just by planning and getting away from Gilgamesh, uh, which hopefully the data center's news that we've just gotten will alleviate in the future. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. We can spend a little time talking about that at the end, because for one of Mm -hmm. us in particular, uh, (laughs) it's... (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a little bit more news for one of us than it is for all four of us, I'd say, at the very least. Oh, yeah. Um, but with that, the third encounter, I gotta say, the third encounter, it's pretty, it's, it's relatively long. It's about the same length as other third encounters, but it, it feels really short. It goes, like it just, the time just disappears in this fight. I, I don't know how it happens. It just does. Because it's, it's constantly new stuff once you pass that, that, you know, the ad phase. You're constantly being introduced to new mechanics over and over and over again. Uh, and they all feel unique, right? It doesn't feel like you're doing, Sundered Sky, which is just the same as the first one, which is, you know, like, which is just made up of the same mechanic that he does seven times at the start of the fight. Uh, you're doing something actually new and has been introduced to this fight for this specific purpose at this time for this mechanic, as opposed to just combining shit you've already seen. Yeah. It's kind of, I'm, I'm a fan, I'm also a fan of, uh, the like high execution but simple concept mechanics in the third fight. So, like, these all seemed very simple on the surface of it. Like, Glory Plume is not complicated. It's just, it's the same as Experimental Fire Plume. Then there's either Stack or Sprite. That's it. Very simple concept. Very difficult to execute. Like, consistently. And I, I really enjoy that. And also just the catastrophic things that can happen when one person dies in a particular spot, and you only have seven into a mechanic, uh, it could just, so bad. It could, ca- it could cascade really hard. Like, if a tank or healer is dead going into Glory Plume, oh my. Get ready for a random double stack, or um, hopefully it's not stacks. Hopefully it spreads. Speaking of uh, mechanics, simple execution, or uh, you know, simple, simple concept, difficult execution. I'm gonna assume that you very quickly figured out that you can microcause most death toll. <laughs> I think our first pull we didn't do it, but yeah, every time <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. We- we didn't even know that it was a white hole mechanic uh, when we killed the boss. So it's actually not the first technically. Time... Yeah, so the f- it's like a missing HP multiplier, right? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, it amplifies yeah. the damage based on missing HP. Because we had someone live who was missing. I think a tank is missing 900 HP and they lived, but barely. Yeah. So the first time we got there, we took like 60,000 damage with every piece of mitt that we had in the game. Uh and so we got back there next time. Our oppressors make, uh, microcosmos. We also tank LB and take 400 damage. <laughs> so wow, you went we're like, completely in the opposite direction. Yeah. How that <laughs> yeah, yo, it, yeah. it was actually great because you heard phantoms like it clicked in his head. Right when that happened, he's like, wait a minute. But yeah. we didn't talk about it because we were still doing the pull. And then we cleared that pull, I think. I think that was the pull we cleared the fight because we never talked about it again. Or maybe we, I don't remember exactly, but, um. No, I've never talked about it again. <laughs> Yeah. Why, why talk about it? You got the next fight to talk about. Exactly. That's there it. isn't really too much after that point, though. It's all yeah. repeats, which I think is good because they, they had this problem. This was the creator problem, where if you put the most difficult mechanics right at the end of the fight, you people it. just skip them, and you never interact with it, and it makes a pretty annoying prog experience for some people. Um, but yeah, so they just give you a, a quick repeat at the end, it, practically phase one all over again, and then the fight ends. So it's just a matter of getting through the end and the amount of that phase one loop that you need to see just, that's all just damage based. How good you are pushing buttons. That's pretty consistent across all the fights thus far. We haven't talked about it because it's at the end, but they pretty much all end with some like very early introduced mechanic. And the first one is ether chain. So it's like part of the room's cut off and one of the colors explodes. And then the second fight, it's uh, a tank buster, a few room wides, and I think the uh, shockwave plus stacks. And that's it after flow three. Um, and yeah. then this fight is the devouring brand plus, you know, the wing and the baits and all that. Um, 
That's a, I kind of consider these almost micro and enraged sequences. They're basically your one last like nerve check. Like, oh, you did this at the beginning when you were really used to it, but how are your nerves now? And can you finish mm. as cleanly as you got here, if cleanly at all? And I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it gives you the opportunity to choke on something very easy at the end, which would feel awful. But yeah, it's like victory lap in a way. If you made it yeah. through all the hard stuff, now just do a little dance while you finish off the boss. Yeah. If you finish off the boss. And that one declining point that I talked about, and I, I don't know how deliberate this is, but even looking at how our P2S clear went versus how our P3S clear went, it almost felt like P3S had a little bit less in ways of, we weren't worried about DPS at all for P3S on our, on our clear run. P2S was sloppy and we kind of worried about it, but not so much. But we were actually closer to Enrage, almost closer to Enrage in P2S than we were in P3, despite having infinitely more mistakes. So I've I've seen a lot of people have this kind of experience where that clean run they get of P3S is not even remotely close, which is still Mm. kind of surprising to me because I I, I recall third encounters in previous tiers. Maybe not Leviathan, who would be the direct comparison. I remember the Calm and the Storm taking, like, fucking like 80 seconds to resolve. But that's it, it's weird, because, it, I don't know. I, f- I feel like there's pretty much no check. I guess maybe I'm thinking about it too much, because the third fight, because Iconoclasm has the same problem. It, it goes back and forth, depending on the tier, yeah. yeah. Like, for example, uh, Delta Skips uh, 03, I don't remember there being much of an enrage issue with that one either. Um, Halicarnassus. Like, you almost... I, I didn't see any groups get to enrage anyway. Yeah. But there are other third fights where it's actually really tight. You know, Eden's Promise is a good example of where... That enrage was unreasonably tight um, for for where it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, that covers the third encounter, and then we come to everyone's favorite vampire daddy. In that of Hesperos, I, I have a quick question about your first pull on Hesperos. Did you also immediately take him to the safe corner from normal mode and immediately realize why it wasn't a good decision, or did you fight him in the middle of the room, right on the first pull? I think we pulled him towards the spawn, right? Or did we, we? We fought him in the middle. Okay. No, no, the I, middle. I think okay. I think we said before the first pull, assume that the squares that are active are dangerous. Yeah. So mm-hmm. pulling him in the middle made the most sense there. But that was that was something that Phantom was like all but convinced of was when we were going to go into the savage fight, you couldn't stand in those squares. It's like for sure. It's just going to no shrink shot. it more. Just going to make it even smaller the arena, basically. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we tried pulling in the corner. We uh, we learned our lesson. One pull in, so uh, we get to another encounter that is a door boss, and I'm gonna say right now, I still think X Death did it better. I will I will stand by that to this day. I think X Death and Neo X Death is the best door boss execution they have ever done, and that remains true for me here. That being said, these were two very fun and interesting encounters, especially thematically for the first one for me. I don't know if you've... I, I saw Sphia thinking about how he felt about X-Death and Neo-X-Death in that moment. I think the transition and the way that the, you were introduced to door bosses at that time was really cool. Neo-X-Death just as a fight really was a letdown to me. So I, I have yeah. kind of negative connotations towards that. But it's I the, think it's the format really, it's the four minute door boss by the twelve minute real boss versus the seven and a half minute door boss to the eight yeah. and a half minute final boss. So you can kind of see there that they're leaning more towards final Omega and Gaia type of um 
My internet's been dog shit as of late. But that was a very special type of dog shit because that actually straight up, uh, it like forced my OBS, like my recording to end. Like it was telling me I was out of space on my hard drive when I wasn't. And now I can record again and it's perfect. I'm just not going to record again. We'll be back on the screen to continue our discussion momentarily. We were just moving into the fourth encounter, so we can start with a little bit of that first. Looks like my connection is back to being stable, however. So I guess that's the trade-off. I swear to God, if I check this call I just got, and if it's from, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my mind. All right. Anyway, sorry about that. My internet has been a real struggle and I'm at my wits end. So you can imagine how I feel about all this. Thank you to our guests for being patient, and thank you to you for being patient. Ugh. So with that, when I disconnected, we were talking about P4S, and all we had talked about was pulling the boss to the middle. That's that's where we left off. We, we, we didn't get much past that point. And we were talking about door bosses. X-Death, I says the best. She said that he likes this format, and the second mm. boss just has to be very puzzle-based. And then Keo said something, but I was freaking out, so I didn't hear it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's where I was. Yeah, I, more or less, just I, I I agree with the appreciating the longer format and it being um sort of a puzzle based second boss, just like it is. I, I like that format. I like the Eden's Promise format. I liked X Death. X Death always be an amazing fight, but I definitely wished it was longer in when it happened, and I still feel that way. So the final like final X stuff being longer? No, 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 no. The first one, the the oh, okay. the door yeah. boss. I wish that was longer because that's just okay. it, it's the more crisp execution, very tight mechanical checks, and the only the only real thing it doesn't have going for it is the black hole is awful. That's it. Well, Stormblood also has the first fifty percent, same as the last fifty percent problem a lot of the time. So. That's that's actually true for both XDev and Neo XDev because he does a hundred percent repeat. The only difference is the second black hole is a different layout than the first one. So. I also I'm going to voice with my fellow healers that we do not like white hole, but that was introduced as a mechanic. It was not fun, um, so that is also not going for it. But it's still a really good fight. What do you hate things. more, Keo? White hole or one HP mechanics at the start of a fight? Definitely white hole. Okay. One HP mechanics are satisfying to heal. You make make health bar go up, gives you the little serotonin boost. But I mean, I remember God Kefka. People were because aggro was still a thing during God Kefka, so healers were like, "Please, please, please save me." That's, that's definitely true. But yeah. the worst feeling in the world is having to use a full GCD cure to heal someone like fifty HP to get their make just to the maximum. That's the worst ever. It just feels awful. Right. We have microcosmos now. That'll help. Yes. That's <laughs> Helps a little bit. Helps when the one HP mechanic is a debuff like it is in P3S and not just actually reducing your HP by your actual HP amount. Oh. Well, with P4S, fortunately, you had plenty to heal, Keo, because that guy does not stop hitting everybody all the damn time. And even when he does, it's just moments before the dread of you taking more damage after the fact. So... I'd imagine going into P4S was quite the experience for you guys at that point, on the high of already being done with the first three fights. Yeah. I don't think any of the raid-wide damage caught us off guard, per se. Like, the sheer amount of damage he was doing, but 
The mechanics definitely did. Yeah, Penex and uh, what? He's fast. Yeah, he's very very quick with all of the mechanics that come at you real fast, and uh, you have to react really fast. A lot of times you have to do a lot of movement in that short periods. It's great. It's just it's what we wanted. A very tight execution check and very interesting mechanics. We had to talk about a whole lot of the time sometimes. Like we full stopped raid to talk about blood rigs and uh, the the cloak and sword at the at the very beginning for the tethers. Full stop for like good five minutes of discussion after we had a handful of pulls. That was great. I'm really glad they had such a confusing mechanic right at the start. Keo said a whole five minutes, and all the groups that like were taking 15 minute breaks just between pulls are like, oh, yeah, five we, we don't. We we don't take breaks. <laughs> no, I can That's I can a, I can pick up on that. No, we it's take a bad word. Yeah. It actually got so long that we were getting irritated. We were still sitting there, right? I mean, I oh, can yeah. feel the tension in people's voices because it took us so long to sort it. I actually think we sorted it really slow overall. But um, but yeah, once we figured it, out, I was like, okay, we got it. Go get some more data. See if the, the assumptions correct. Yeah, I think. What we, the way that we came to the conclusion was definitely not intended. We kind of brute force it with data. I see that I get targeted by this. I live. I get targeted by this. I have this buff. I live. It, it, instead of actually breaking down the mechanic and finding out the interaction between the blood rake and the clamus and the blood rake and the sword and the balloon, Kia was just like, I have a theory based on the data that I've looked at and it worked. Yeah. yeah, it was very much brute forced. I mean, that's how yep. you get through it the first time. I mean, you you gotta you gotta figure it out at some point, whether that's through a careful, meticulous breakdown or just try this. Okay, good. I mean, you gotta get through it. That's that's gotta be Absolutely. one or the other. Never but underestimate one of them re- trial and error. Yeah. yeah, one of them just requires more pulls, more data. The other one requires knowing Greek. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or help. having or googling abilities before the tier starts to find out what their definitions what actually are. Yeah, if we what is it? What is a clamus? Yeah, yeah, if we googled clamus, uh, we wouldn't be where we were. <laughs> well, you'll be glad to know that I googled Pinax because I needed to know if it was Pinax or Pinax, and I am proud to pronounce it as Pinax. Okay, what does it mean? Um, it is a type of tablet. So he's each of huh. the four arena spaces are tablets, essentially. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, which is why when you stand in it now, it says, like, yeah. lightning peanut or whatever. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but when you're trying to say, when you're trying to describe how the mechanic works, you're like, yeah, when that peanut erupts, this happens. It's not great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sly immediately taking a drink. He's like, they say that, they say that the MMO sort of, what's the word for it? Demographic is getting older, but I feel like our sense of humor is just getting younger and younger. Yeah. The D's nuts jokes his really is. encapsulate that. Yeah. His is. Yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah. just a human thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about that's it. A, that's a happy thing. No, no, no. Thing. Think about it. For thousands of years, you know, when you, when you Here see somebody go. nowadays draw a dick on something, you think mm-hmm. about how immature that is. But look back thousands of years. They were putting dicks on statues and drawing dicks all the time. We just, we're, we never, human nature has never changed. People just, dicks end up in conversations, Sly. 
They don't have to. But they do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing has to happen. Say a speaking truth. They don't have to. But they do. That's just, You're the only one doing it right now, Happy. All I'm you, doing you is have, I'm you really, have a choice. We were talking about yeah. history. You know, he's still talking about Greece. I'm talking about these Greek statues, you know. Okay. Just lines up. It's fine. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, yeah. Penix, mm-hmm. great mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good payoff. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, that that one was one of those ones where it goes to show you that a normal mode mechanic is only a normal mode mechanic because of how fast or slow it is. Because it's literally, it's really no different than it is on Savage. It's just, if anything, it's almost less involved because in normal there's coils and, and like other stuff happening during that first one. This one's just straight up, no, you have to be better at doing this exact mechanic that you already know from normal mode. Yeah, more yeah. or less. And except for the... um. Except for the earth, the the fire one, where you just kind of die the first pull. You're like, oh, <laughs> this is the stack. Oh, we're all dead because it's yeah. actually two stacks. Yeah, it's two stacks. Yeah, that's and it goes back it's to being it. a tank healer stack after you just spent a whole fight doing a tank, a tank and tank and healer and healer stack. Yeah, it's also one of those ones. I think this actually happened where while the fire is resolving, you're like, hmm, I think someone said it. I wonder if this is two stacks, and it was. <laughs> I think that was me. I think I don't know me me or Phantom. I I think it was one of the two of us, but yeah. It's a good realization. But it's also because, again, the pacing of these fights just goes such a way that by the time you're done with the first peanuts, you're actually a pretty reasonable length through the the door boss. By the time you're done with blood rakes and peanuts, I mean, you have the, the bursts to do next, but then it's just a mild change and then the repeats PNAX number one it's again the pacing is just nailed for this it kind of it almost does I know I said I like the four and a half minute door boss but it does kind of show the strength of a seven and a half minute boss that's just really really hard on the harder side like what if an ultimate fight was eight minutes long what would that what does that start to look like just cram shit into an eight minute fight we we all know that they can make some absolutely sadistic fights and they're choosing not to they are saving us um but even like it's not just exclusive to this fight as well. Even Phoenix or Phoenix, whatever the hell you call it, is considerably faster. Like that that fight just just goes and goes and goes. Uh, so there was like that. The problem that I've had with a lot of the Shadowbringers fights is that the difficulty ramp across the fights doesn't get steep enough fast enough. But I think Phoenix actually bridged that gap correctly for the first time in a very long time. Like, it's easy to be disappointed in third fights because you know how good they can be. This one actually did it. And it was difficult and punishing enough, which means it feels rewarding when you actually get it down. Uh, th- that's probably my favorite thing about this tier, is how they actually got the difficulty curve right. My favorite thing is not hearing tanks say they're bored and healers say they're bored. And that stays especially true again with the third and fourth encounter because they're trying to get tanks involved in ways that are not as simple as being the target of a buster. That's true with three's heat of condemnation. That's true with the other mechanics they throw out. And that's especially true with the fourth fight where they just start, there's like, by the way, we have like four or five different types of tank busters. You just, just look, you just, you have to know. You'll figure it out, yeah. but you'll, you'll fuck it up at some point. And that, I mean, the tank damage is pretty scary here. I mean, this one is probably the more traditional. This is tank swap, magic bone. People handle that the same way, but the tanks are just as equally involved with everything else. They're never watching the DPS or the healers do a mechanic. They're, they're playing a, a very active role in every single part of it. 
and also positioning the boss and also getting fucked up from auto attacks and the actual damage of the mechanic and everything like that. So I think for me that was the big thing, and that's just that's true here. And then you have all these role-based mechanics that remind you you are a tank. And that happens with the Balone Burst as well, where you have... There's a few different interesting ways that we've seen this done at this point. But, again, I'm a big fan of the involvement and the movement of something like Balone Bursts. Did you guys end up yep. doing standard? I didn't... I don't... I only watched your part two. Did you do standard spread into the converging? Or did you do Aikido spread and do anything fancy with that? We had an... It means... We had an adjusted positions for orbs, mm. and we would run through the boss and then rotate one to collect the second orb. So we had pairs. Uh, I think tank healer were all paired, and the DPS were paired, and they just yeah run through and adjust. It, rather than go like a lot of groups are just doing clockwise now, and we thought it would give more space. Yeah. So so what you've described is is in JP was known as a keto spread. It was used for. Which fight is it? I can't remember which fight, but it was, in, it was one of the final Shadowbringers fights where it's four DPS on one side, tank sealers on the other. Um, yeah. And then you just cross. That's that's what I think is the better strat anyway. I think that's better than the clock spots like converging and moving. Um, and so, yeah, okay. That's what I wanted to know if it was the adjusted ones. Okay, cool. Um, we actually did that mechanic. We didn't know we did it correctly. There's one thing we just didn't know we had to do. That was acting tank, acting healer, and acting DPS. It just so happened that the way we solved it Solves acting healer, acting tank, and acting DPS. That is just... That mechanic threw me for a loop because acting DPS makes it sound like you are a DPS now, so you can't grab the DPS one. It was very misleading. So the fact that you didn't even pay attention to it was really good for you guys. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Uh, but when you do pay attention to it, it straight up lies to you. I, I didn't actually read the debuff. Like, I, I think I did, but I don't remember what it said. But when, when something tells you you're acting as a DPS, the first thing that goes through your mind is, like, ethereal mimicry, right? Like, yeah. oh, I'm a DPS now. I should be avoiding things that are going to kill DPS. But nope, it was the other way around. See, what what happened for us was I saw it, I read it, and I went, oh, shit. Well, then how the fuck do I do that? Because I was thinking, wait, that means I can't eat my own, but I have to eat another DPS's orb because I can't eat a tank orb. But then we just, like, tried it, and we're like, oh, we, we're we fine. Okay, fuck it. I guess we just the, still pop the tank and healer orbs, I guess. Yeah, the key thing to realize if you didn't come into it with a correct assumption like that and just luck, at, luck your way through it, I feel like, um, was noticing that in the chaos, the debuffs were falling off when people took damage. Yeah. At least somebody, at some point, took an orb and their debuff disappeared. And if you caught that, it would lead to the solution very quickly. And that was really cool. I like the breadcrumbs left in like that. So you can sort of piece it together through looking at the chaos. That's been one of their big things is trying to just slam debuffs with you and force you to kind of, get, you have to make reason out of them. That's, that's especially going back to Gaia, you know, with relativities and whatnot. It's just, it's a debuff dance. And this is kind of more like a micro debuff dance because the, the elemental Balone debuff is whatever. It's just there to remind you that it's going to matter. But then the other one is there and it's, it's relatively quick to solve, but it's a lot of movement. It's a lot of damage. And then having to stand in a square when you just got used to not standing in a square is, you know, it's, it's what you have to do. I finally saw someone fail that. I didn't know it actually happened because I never saw somebody fail it. You just get a doom and die five seconds later. Oh. Yeah. If you stand in the wrong element, you survive for five seconds and then you die. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. It dooms you. An uncleansable doom. So. Also, the 
the way that uh, the lone burst was handled was really telegraphed in normal mode. Yeah. Like, it gave you the thrice-come-ruin. So, we, like, it was really obvious that it was going to be two stacks uh, coming into Surge. Yeah. yeah. I think most groups would have clued onto that really quickly. Yeah. I, I, was, I was questioning it because normally those come-ruins lower your damage. I was like, I wonder if they're... It's, in Shadowbringers, they're used as a failure designation of you failed once yeah. or you failed twice, don't fail again. Here, it's a outside limiting of, factor. Outside of Shadowkeeper. Shadowkeeper did have the non-damage down ones for things like Voidgate. Um, so that was the iteration that they brought across for this fight. Yeah. That was still yeah. a, that was still a don't fuck up, but it was a, you're not going to lower your damage. Fuck up. Don't yeah. fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was thinking mostly DRS. Yes. Cause DRS is the you yeah. fuck up yeah. and you're just, you know, it's bad news. Yeah. Um, but that was good. I was, I was glad to see it. Cause I think that's actually a very healthy way of communicating to the player of kind of what the intended method is. And so now, now that I've seen it used, I'm convinced that we'll see it a lot more. In the future. So, uh, so we had that, we had that, yeah. And then Gaia does the same thing, I guess, yeah, where she also is teaching you not to get hit by too many things during relativities. So yeah, I guess there is that as well. So, you get through that, you get through the bursts, you get the second part of Blood Rakes. I'd have to assume you kind of followed a similar plan for the second Blood Rakes. The second Blood Rakes is weird because they give you a much better indicator of who's doing what, kind of, almost, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you're doing the tethers yeah. first, you're doing yeah. the tethers second, and if you're not, and then if you're the tower, it's just whoever gets selected by the tower is responsible, is, is not responsible for shit, basically. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we sorted that pretty quick, especially because you just, you do the tethers on the selection side, so it's very obvious. Yeah. And then it's just a race for the final Penax. It's, it's really like, the world race for that was literally just, can you consistently execute Penax? Because that was the hardest, like, consistent execution check, and, we knew as much, and we cleaned it up pretty fast, so I'm pretty happy with it. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of re- re- revised PNAC strats now. Apparently, going between water and fire every time is becoming standard. Because it's just more, the most solvable, regardless of what you get, and it's uptime, obviously. The entire thing. Mm. So, that's be- that's becoming standard. So I think it's going to help a lot with that, because it's it just it's unbelievably safe. Yeah, we all load... From start yep. to finish. Everyone, where your melee's complaining the whole fucking time, where your melee's like, this fucking sucks, the thunder is so fucking stupid the this, whole time. This is exactly why we bring triple range. <laughs> we thought about bringing triple range for this reason, and then Whoops is like, Dodger Goon's pretty cool, I'll play that. And I'm like, alright, I'll play, I'll play yeah. Bard. And then the whole fourth fight, he's like, this fucking su- I hate this. This is stupid. Yeah. Why would they, who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> and the spread mechanics in three that we anticipated were going to be there, the spread mechanics in four that we knew were going to be there, uh, it's pretty, like, those sorts of things are just going to cause a couple of extra wipes. Right? And that that's a large part of the reason that we just brought an extra caster. I wanted to go Knowing that melee would do more damage. Yeah. My it, it, it's, also, it's always a question of just balancing, like, is it worth it to lose that damage to gain this? And that answer is not easy always, but this time it was. They were close enough. It was like fine. Also, the damage is less likely to matter on the first tier the yeah. expansion. Yeah, because yeah, if we had gone triple range, it would have been. I mean, I, I guess I could have played black range. It wouldn't have been a good idea. But Spheas, <laughs> I've seen the, it. The look on I've seen Spia's, it. The look on Spheas' face was like, yeah, that probably wasn't a great idea. You, you oh, black range for that other group. You black yeah, range for ultimate. Yeah, but it wasn't that great. Yeah, but Black Mage is easier now. 
Can I do paradox rotation in PNX? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Speed's like, no, never mind. Now you can't play Black Mage anymore. <laughs> the fucking paradox rotation. Listen, paradox is great, just not that much. Okay. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> But I, there was a high chance I would have been on Summoner. And without knowing the buffs, we couldn't 100% commit to me being on Summoner. Yeah. You know, even though I was going to be playing Fizz Range anyway, so I guess it wouldn't have made a difference. You know. <laughs> anyway, you get through that encounter. Pretty tight DPS check for Part 1. Pretty normal. I think it, we haven't had that many door bosses in recent years, but thinking back to, like, Titan from the previous expansion. He didn't have a door boss, but I very everyone pretty much treated his first phase health bar like it was a door boss. If you weren't at like 69%, they were like, all right, maybe we crit RNG into this. And that was essentially the concession. Was that our first 50% boss? Yes, it was. I, I thought it was, was going to be 60%. Everyone was like, yeah, probably phases at 60%, right? And then they're like, nope. Yeah, our first messy time seeing it, we're like, eh, maybe 55 but, yeah, that, what did you guys think of the check? Because we never, like, struggled with it. It was just, a, like, an execution thing. I think that's what it was, too. I think it was, again, uh, Thunder. It was Thunder. It was literally Thunder Penax. How did Thunder Penax go? Did, did somebody get clipped? Did somebody die? Did did we play it safe? Did we pop? I think buff alignment was probably the bigger thing for it because all of, in the fourth fight, every two minute comes up at the worst possible fucking time. And the fight is such a short length that adjustments are, you're able to do them in the first phase. You are able to f kind of freely adjust in phase one, but they still really suck. A lot of people, it's a big thing. Two minutes really suck to adjust for a lot of jobs right now. Like Dragoon is like, okay, I guess I'll just miss everything on my buffs. That's fine. Whatever. I didn't need that life window. <laughs> the interesting thing actually about the third and fourth fight, particularly the part two of the fourth fight yeah. is that Right when you get to the part where the boss is spamming AoEs and is going to enrage, that's when two minutes come up. So that last percent goes down real quick. So I've seen lots of groups that I'm like, no, there's no way they kill this. But then all the buffs go up and everyone starts nuking and boss just dies. It just falls over. That was our P4S uh, yeah. kill. That was ours. Yeah. Two minutes are very powerful right now. Do you know how many groups or if, if many groups are having clean enrages on that P1? Like nobody dies, nobody damage downs, and they don't make the check? I've seen a few. I think I think most people's first clean all the way through are not making it, and then the comfort kicks in. You know, they they, they practiced it enough, and then it, it eases in, and it comes more consistent. I think our our killing lockout. We had a death going into the P one enrage, and we beat it like with all three autos to spare. So I think it is just a nerve check thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think the check is that. I we didn't feel like it was that difficult, so I'm. Not surprised that everybody else was like, "Yeah, it's pretty." Wait, funny. the world first group didn't think it was difficult. Guess that means it's not. <laughs> well, I mean, I, <laughs> I know. I'm just giving him shit. I know. I know what he means. I'm just. I'm. It's a joke. <laughs> Quite often, going through it really quickly means that you don't get that comfort, so you don't have the full G City uptime. You don't have. You do not have good strats. Uh, so people are hating themselves and crying while you do these mechanics. So then you get to the end and you're realizing that, oh, we're losing a lot of uptime, uh, those sorts of things. But even with all that jank, it still was pretty comfortable. So yeah. that, that's more of what he's speaking to there. No, I know. I know. That's, yeah. for, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's for not an explanation else. for you. That's for everybody yeah. else watching. I know. I know. <laughs> and then you get to phase two, which I love this phase two. I, 
I've gone back and thought about it more. And while I think it's less of a an execution, it's 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 a prog it's a prog fight. That's what I call it. It's a prog fight. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the healthiest design. When a fight's fun to prog and not a pain to reclear, you have a healthy raid tier. That's how I feel. And this and most of the fights this tier encapsulate that, in my opinion. This one I think encapsulates it better than phase one. Because this is a giant mystery puzzle solving of just showing mechanics, hiding mechanics, doing mechanics. It's, do you remember? It's, every mechanic is relativity, essentially. Yeah. Is the way I would think about it. And yeah, I think that that's, works. that's part of what I was talking about uh, when I talked about how this fight, P4 as a whole, was very reminiscent of E12S. Like, when you've got the promise, the execution phase into the problem-solving puzzle-based fight, which isn't super execution-heavy of Gaia. Uh, just, I really like that that design concept. Uh, they could potentially, I mean, because it's a first tier, obviously they made things a little easier uh, execution-wise and numbers-wise uh, than they will do in the future. But just as a des- design sort of style, I'm a big fan. And also... I've said it a million times, but the theme of this fight was so fucking cool. So cool. You're you're doing the play yourselves. Yeah, just, it's sick. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Oh, sorry, Gail. I just want to say, Alec, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of gauntlet mechanics that don't over-explain themselves. I don't like long tooltips. Cryptic tooltips are fine, but the fact that you just learn by feeling your way through them and seeing things ex- execute and looking at the footage... I don't know, it's beautiful. I'm just a big fan of, it, of Phase 2 in general. It's a masterpiece. That's how except the acts, for, oh, uh, except for? Except for tether snapping. That's the only thing I could just... Tether snapping, always janky. Doesn't have to be, but it definitely is. Uh, th- yeah, that's the big thing about this, is if you, if you looked at any of the acts play out without any player on the map, you literally see exactly what to do from start to finish. And then you just have to translate it into execution. And it makes for, uh, again, it creates those, those milestones that we like to reference so much in, in, in good, in good fight design. I will say that the balancing of which ones are easier and which ones are harder is a little wonky. One should be simple and it's the first act. Then two happens and it doesn't, I wouldn't say it's like that. I think it's, I think people overcomplicate thinking about it a little bit too much because there's, now there's four tethers, there's four towers, these two are exploding. They're not really perfectly centered, so the space isn't the same. But it does boil down to there's just three quick movements and then it's over. It's just about putting people where they belong. I think the reason that A2, or X2 was the hardest was because of the basic relativity problem, which is you're learning how everything functions in that phase. You're not just learning how to do the mechanics that you already know. You're figuring out what this tether does when it breaks. What happens when you don't break this tether? You're figuring out all the rules that are going to, then are going to apply to the rest of the fight as you go forward. Yeah. Um, so that's why it is, you know, distinctly harder than the other ones because that learning process is just slowed down by the amount that you need to figure out. You know, like in, in basic relativity, yeah. you didn't know what the beams did. You didn't know what the fires did when you first get there. And those things are all done again throughout the fight, which speeds up the process of intermediate and advanced. Um, and so, yeah, same thing here in Act 2. And all of those things are then reused in Act 3, 4, 5. Well, not 5, but Finale. Yeah, 5 is... <laughs> finale yeah. is, a, is a... I mean, it reuses one of them. That's two of them, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
Act 3, kind of a break between Acts 2 and 4. 4, I thought, was going to be a joke. And then, like, I started doing it. I'm like, this isn't that bad. But, man, does it just not come together sometimes? I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. It just feels like Act 4 doesn't always come together. I think it's because I'm always thinking about the two-minute window there that is now perpetu- is, is being a fucking pain in the ass because it comes up as you're trying to do the first half of the mechanics. I remember seeing Echo was trying to do it in reverse. I remember they were when they first got there when they were trying to figure it out. They were trying to do all the breaks with the the room wides first, and then they were trying to do the towers at the end, which was interesting. It kept everyone together for buffs at the very least. As soon as they went out, the we made the mistake of thinking that the water breaks were group sucks. Uh, because like every single water mechanic that ever exists in the game, we're like, oh yeah, that'll be a group soak. It happens so often. When you see a big water circle on someone, typically you need more than one person in it. And we saw multiple people in it live, and it wasn't until we looked at examples of one person in it and like four people in it, they took the same damage. Like, oh, this phase is really easy now. Yeah. So that one took us a lot longer than it should have. But again, that's the same problem as Act 2, actually figuring out what those pieces are. Yeah. Which is the beauty of these sort of fights, right? The the puzzle fights. It's about getting all those pieces and figuring out exactly how they work. Yeah. I You know what's funny? I saw the AOE and I was like, that's the same one as P2S. I'm not fucking going. That's the same exact animation from P2S. I'm going no fucking where near. That's the avarice, the two people that go away. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, nope, I'm fucking out. Not a chance, not a remote chance in hell. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, and then act the finale, I suppose, is, uh, really simple. It's, uh, awkwardly simple, but this fight kind of puts the pressure on. It winds down, but it keeps the pressure on the entire time. Because by the time you do get to finale, it's a perfect case of how shaky are your hands at this point? Because it's such finale. a- Is it really that bad? Yeah. Is it really that bad? Yeah. It, I mean, weak, when you're, you're first clear, people always forget your first clear has a bonus mechanic of the shakies. Everyone's first clear has that bonus mechanic, and it plays more of a role than anyone's willing to admit. So you say that Finale was really easy, but I guarantee you had more than one wipe to someone being in the wrong spot. Yes, in me too. At least two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every group does it. I, it's, counting to eight is real difficult, apparently. But <laughs> it, it happened in our group. It's happened in every group I've seen. It's just, it happens. Um, but the the thing that I like most about Finale and Curtain Call afterwards is that it plays so well into the story that the fight is telling. Like, that that is the, like, literally everybody one by one doing their part. You know, the Finale, finishing out the act, the play, and then Curtain Call... Stepping up and taking a bow as you do in a curtain call. It's just a, whoever made this fight is a fucking genius, and I want them to make every single fight from now on because it, it feels like as immersive and as real, like just raw as Coils did. Like nothing has had that same sort of atmosphere about it, right? Except for this fight. God, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Um, one interesting thing that I've already started seeing with this account. There's a couple of things. Um, Act two. There is Dark Knight God Mode strat where a Dark Knight breaks their fire tether alone and everyone else stacks with the other one. And then one DPS goes with the Dark Knight gets TBN'd and they do a two stack <laughs> so that you can keep everyone else together. 
There's also uptime strat. There is a safe spot where melees can keep hitting the boss while you do the fire breaks. I think most people probably notice that, but um, there's 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 a mentality. You mentioned those tether breaks earlier, and this I actually wanted to bring up a few times because the tether breaks are awkward because while it's red, it's basically starting a countdown to tell you it's going to break. But people see it not breaking and they go, and they just and then they start running further away, whereas you're already at the distance you need to be, and that leads to a lot of people kind of playing overly safe or overly dangerous, one way or the other, depending on how they're interpreting. Because you have melees that step out of range to break it, and they're like, "Okay, it's broken. I'm going back in," but it's not broken, and then <laughs> and then they're like, "Uh, I need to go back out." Okay, guys, we don't have time, and it's a white. Thank you. But usually they teach you those sorts of things, and they did kind of in this fight, but not very well. The 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 way that the fight teaches you that is the way that the boss tethers all the mechanics when it shows yeah. the order that things are going to resolve in. And that's the time that you need to be out having broken your tether to go back in. But it's making that correlation is pretty... Not many people would, would pick that up, particularly not in, in Prague or their first clear. Do you both think it would be easier or harder if they instantly snapped? Because we made advantage of the long snaps to have people move out like we knew how long it was going to take to snap. So we could send people out while the previous one was still not or just like breaking at that moment. I I think this is easier if we were more used to it, the current version. Because right now it's just this is the first time we've seen like a countdown tether kind of thing. And if people were more familiar with it, I think that we would have executed a lot more consistently. It was very nice that when, like, two people went to break at the same time, both the tethers changed color, you could easily be like, oh, no, and run back in and save it. That was very cool. Yeah. That was another reason why, too, as well. Uh, speaking of which, that takes us to Curtain Call, which is one of my favorite enraged sequences that we have. Um, I, it, For me, I, I consider Worm's Lament an enraged sequence, the final one. This is the much more... I'd say intense finale in terms of a worm. Like, Worm's Lament's probably more difficult to execute, but you don't really feel like it's an enraged mechanic because afterwards you get this giant downtime to actually finish the fight. Curtain Call lines up all the way to the very end of being how you handle the enrage. And this is so much better than baby raging Neo X death or just getting a shit ton of AoEs and terminal relativity. As Fia has said, agency. You are responsible for making sure the enrage executes properly. Yep. And it's not one person's responsibility. It's not your healers keeping you alive while you all push DPS buttons. It's everybody has to do their part. And it works out. Have you seen um, Uptime Curtain Call? Is that the one where you tank LB? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, Disgusting. Yeah, you can tank LB and hyper... It's Actually, no, It's um, my chat called it Uptime Dogs from E10S, where you just all stand in the middle and hypermit the... Uh, the cleave, so you don't have to leave for the, uh, you know, the way you have to line up along the wall with the orbs in uh, E10S. Right. Yeah, no, they just yeah. hypermit yeah. that so they didn't get a damage down. Yeah, that's that's this. Yeah, tank LB curtain call. <laughs> it's up time for somebody, just not the tank. <laughs> well, we learned that you don't actually even need to leave the boss's range to break your tether. If the boss is dead center, you can be max melee, still hit the boss, and your tether will break yeah. as long as you don't use a gap closer. But, you know... That's that's going to be a thing now. Is I think that's going to catch on. I think I I really don't. I mean, it's it's not good for damage, and the damage check in there is it's lighter than the door boss, but it's not trivial. 
So I don't know. Throwing away melee LB just to do that is a huge waste in my opinion. I think a lot of things are a huge waste. That doesn't stop people from doing it. I thought knockback mirrors were terrible for the party finder for Shiva, and that was all anyone was trying to do. <laughs> like, hmm, about yeah. 50% of the time we lose three people. We should probably keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Seems like a good plan. <laughs> Loud exhale. And with that, we come to the... the oh, I heard myself feeding through a mic. With that, we come to the quite literal curtain call of the raid tier. That's it. You get through that. You get through Ultimate Impulse. One thing, as Fia made mention of, you get your two minutes at the very end. This is stressful to me. <laughs> you So the encounter length is 8 minutes, 27 seconds, according to FFLogs. If you delay your twos by even one GCD at any point in the fight, you basically end the fight with 10 seconds of twos left. And that is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> when you're at the very end just wanting to kill the boss. I don't I don't know if I like that or not. <laughs> Having my twos be right at the end right like that. Yeah, I mean it's good for week one, so it means that good players rewarded. And as we get more geared and that encounter duration gets cut to eight minutes, all of a sudden you have just a ton of leeway for yeah. your twos. Um and delaying will not be punished. I think it I think it's good. I would have maybe liked to have seen like a forty-five, because right now Leylines is just just fucked. Um <laughs> because it's a thirty second two minute, so like that sort of thing is just obviously not planned around. Yeah. Um But yeah, it's a problem that goes away with gear. So this is a thing that people have to worry about for a couple of weeks, and even then if they're killing it in those couple of weeks, it's it's fine. Right? The check isn't so punishing that you're know, losing a couple of seconds at the end on your twos is going to make or break the run. Uh, it's more about the consistency throughout. Maybe you'll get melee lines down to one minute at some point. How about they just make ley lines 20 seconds, but they increase the speed? She <laughs> 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 so is like, mm-hmm. although I'm sure you'll miss the between the mm. lines at some point, like having 30 seconds of between the lines at some point. Maybe. Uh, not with two traps. Not with two triple casts, huh? And no, paradox. No, probably not. No. Yeah, there, like there's some disgusting things you can do in uh, Act Four. Sorry, Act Two with um. Well, I mean, with Black Mage because of Black the... Mage with all the fucking yeah. instants they have now. Yep. Insane. It's uh yeah yeah it was pretty easy to prog this tier on Black Mage for sure. Easiest tier so far in terms of just because you have so many more tools now. I want to prog on Black Mage. Team really doesn't want me to proc on Black Mage. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, buffed. mostly because Whoops wants to play Dragoon and not Machinist. <laughs> and he doesn't want to play Bard. So that's fine. Anyway, with that, we come to the end of Asphodelo Savage, our first raid tier of Endwalker, and a very high note to start. Now, there's a couple of things yes. that still have to be considered mm-hmm. for the following raid tiers that we already know mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. First and foremost is Dragon Song War. Is as far as we know still slated for six point one one, which would be about the middle of April. Yeah, because seventeen mm. week. Well, so it's seventeen weeks between patches. Normally, we can't say that that's a that's a guarantee at this point. That would put six point one on the last Tuesday of March if they were to keep that schedule, which I don't think they will. Add two weeks, you've got Dragon Song War. So we're looking somewhere in that range. And I'd imagine that that has – that's not a sprint. Well, it isn't for most people. Who knows with TPS at this point after T, 
It could be a fucking sprint for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, like four days before anyone else killed it or some shit? I think that was a bit of an anomaly. There was a lot of fortuitous situations which led to that kind of a gap there. We'll see. <laughs> we shall see. Um, is there, I'd assume that as soon as Savage was done and everyone was rested, that the discussion of how Ultimate is going to be planned out is, is already happening between the team, given that it has to be thought of well in advance. Yeah, I don't think we've actually had that conversation yet. It's something we need to do. I know that there are potential, like, availability issues, so. Yeah. We do know that everybody wants to, so it's just a question of logistics and making sure everyone can do. But yeah, it's most of the time with this stuff, it's just it's individual, right? Like yeah. if there's a will, usually there's a way, but it, it's up to each person individually. Well, hopefully, all the plans work out as usual. Mm-hmm. I'll be wishing you the best in regards to your performance there, and I'm sure this will be talked about a lot more. Leading up to that, we'll be getting our next live letter end of February, so we'll have some idea of things to come. But then there's also one thing that you planned around this time that we hopefully don't have to deal with by the time that comes around, and that of the official information regarding server expansions, data center expansions, uh, what their plans are for that. Now, Japan probably has it the hardest We've, NA's dealt with this, EU has dealt with this, but they will be having their data center split in July. That'll be most likely around or before, right before, in fact, if predictions hold true, the next Savage tier. That would be most likely early August for that next Savage tier. So that's going to be rough. Sphia, there's also, of course, I know you're, I know you're not going to stop playing on NA. I think that's pretty fucking obvious. But your Oceania yeah. data center comes out in less than two weeks, we found out randomly yesterday. All of us, yeah, that was out of nowhere. I was expecting it to be 6.1 or later. So this is going to be really cool. Uh, finally get to play the game as intended for the first time. Do you have any plans <laughs> for the opening of Oceania? Do you have like any sort of specific plans for that? Uh, there was talks with a bunch of people a while ago about just having, like, a casual secondary raid group that we'd just go and do stuff with, but there hasn't been any communication there for a while. But outside of that, I'll, I'll put ults there and just hang out. That'd be good. Cool, cool. Then we also have the confirmation that NA is getting uh, eight new servers over the next year and a half. <laughs> Thank you, Global wow. Semiconductor Shortage. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it... I think a lot of people were hoping that this announcement was going to suddenly be like, by the way, the servers, like, we're going to have this all solved in, like, you know, a month or two. And then they're just like, no. 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 Realistically, no. No. <laughs> no, no Anybody no. who thought that was, like, really? Really? There's mm-hmm. a lot of people, man. I mean, even Yoshi P makes mention of in the post about, like, the hyper toxicity that was that has been around especially actually in the apparently in the jp community there's been a a high amount of toxicity directly towards the devs which is you know i think we all expect we don't expect japan to not have toxic people but it's been a right. particular topic as of late mm. just harassing devs so like things like this people take really seriously sly major major we were they said something about giving us a roadmap soon, right? Yeah. So we shouldn't have been expecting anything more than a roadmap. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's 
we got more than we could have asked for already from the devs in terms of communication mm-hmm. regarding the, the data center stuff. Uh, and I think they've been more than clear historically about the fact that this shit is just way too hard to get their hands on. Uh, right. and that it's just taking much longer. So I feel like they've definitely already tempered our expectations. So if you're still disappointed, that's on you. That's that's like when the new season of your favorite show is coming out. You just try to predict the end, and when it's not that, you're like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much the equivalent of that. And hopefully the devs are hearing as many good voices as they are bad. Because Yoshi P says that he has tough skin. You know, he's like, you know, I can deal with it, but not everyone is built like me. So I don't want my devs right. to be subjected to, like, they try to play the game casually and people just harass them and tell them they're not doing good enough and stuff like that. So hopefully the devs hear the good voices. We had the same discussion with, uh, what was the last time we had this? Oh, with, um, I guess when, when Asmund started playing and everyone was blaming him <laughs> for, for everything <laughs> in a similar discussion back then. Well, with the congestion stuff, which is what most people are upset about at the moment. Yeah. The OC data center will alleviate some of that. There's going to be portions of populations moving from yeah. North America and from Japanese data centers to this new one. So there will be a small effect. How big that is is yet to be seen, but it's not as if this is going to do nothing for you. Right. Honestly, right. the biggest buff right now is when Monster Hunter Rise coming out because the fucking Gilgamesh queue shot down like 75% since Monster Hunter Rise came out on PC. Literally went from 3,000 at like peak hours to like 600 at peak hours. Thank fucking it's God just... for that. Thank there's you, never, Hunters. There's never going to be a busier time than expansion launch, too. Yeah. So just as we right. as True. we drift further away from the Endwalker launch, even with patches that come out, it won't be the same crazy degree of queues as we had during the expansion launch, at least not until the next expansion. So it should, it should chill out a little bit. And by then, we have eight additional servers on North America. JP's been split to handle mm-hmm. the congestion better. EU's getting... Uh, I think they said they were getting four worlds on the two on each of the existing ones, and then another data center on top of that with eight more. So they're 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 holding nothing back. They just are stopped by supply supply chain at this right. point. So I just uh, I'm glad to see. And for people wondering if they're going to do cloud servers, they said they tried, and they're like, "This is this isn't the technology's not there yet." I think they said the issues were they couldn't save data quick enough because 14 saves data at twice the rate of most MMOs and that there was an innate ping on top of 14's innate ping that they deemed was unacceptable or something in that capacity. So they're trying, man. They just they just want people to play the game. That's it. And sales are going to come up again. I mean, they I figured they, they literally say, like, listen, we're opening a data center. It'd be pretty weird if we didn't sell the game after we opened the data center, right? Right. <laughs> that wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. So that's going to be resuming. Free trial is not going to be resuming immediately, but they're going to tentatively consider that back up. So things are normalizing. We're getting to the point where we can calm down mm-hmm. and everyone can play and enjoy and get their story done. I don't have to fucking redact mm-hmm. everything I say from every fucking media outlet that I'm We're on. past that point. We're not, Sly. Every time I think I'm past it, it comes back. No, we're <laughs> past that point. The moratorium has ended, I think. I think. <laughs> I'm glad you said I want to say, I, I, I want to say yes, but I don't know. But yeah, I'm really 
looking forward to all this to um, DC travel in 6.1 X. That's what I'm really, really looking forward to. Yes. And they also finally said the most important thing, Sly. They said, other than their social restrictions that they're adding, you can do whatever you want. They've been very vague about that up to this point, even though they had pretty much said, yeah, you'll be able to do duties with your friends. Like, what if they don't mean raids? What if... What if I can't do it? No, you can fucking, he even says, if you can communicate, you can even do cross data center statics. If you wanted to, you can do whatever you want. Just play the game. That's it. That was the most important thing to clarify. I think the biggest thing that most people we did disappointed in, particularly from North America, is that it is only the regional one that's mm-hmm. happening right now yeah. and the worldwide isn't. So there will be no mana DC Tuesdays for your free party find declares. Uh, but we'll just have to make do. Yeah. Do you think that's gonna? Do you think that that's actually gonna happen? Do you think people are either absolutely one hundred percent yes? <laughs> what if they just? What if they're just like uh, JP only, and then they just fucking boot your ass? That, that's what I was expecting. The the resurgence of JP only. Yeah. If they that's get corrupted too much by it, that's not gonna stop us. We're gonna be over mm-hmm. there in droves. Just you wait. Well, I mean, yeah, but they like you already. They'll take you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Sphia's fine, yeah. but everybody else, just back off. That's it. It's just, it's good. I'm, I'm also just not even thinking that. I'm thinking about even when we just get within the region, does everyone end up coming to Aether? Do you think that ends up happening? Maybe. It's a possibility. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think the other PF scenes are healthy enough that that doesn't happen. Maybe Crystal. Maybe Crystal comes over. Crystal's probably coming over. <laughs> Crystal's okay health wise. Yeah, Prom was alright. Right. Yeah, you want to be on the show? Yeah. No, no, no. Come here. Oh, there you go. Oh. Okay, there you go. Now you can be big on the show. Big kitty. That is a big kitty. He's very big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's not a kitty. Look at it. He is the chungus. He's definitely a kitty. No, he's eight years old and he's like 18 pounds. Nothing about him is a kitty. The other cat, the cat that's not in here, is a kitty. Oh, watch. Oh, he just kicked off my leg and fucking scratched me. Son of a bitch. Yeah, his back, his hind legs are very sharp right now. All right. Well, with that. I got to end the show before my fucking cats drive me crazy. Oh, yeah. That's it. There you go. Just eat her food. That's fine, you fat ass. Yeah. So with that, we can wrap up the show, I think. Listen, he's a look at him. He's, that's not his food. He's just hey, stop. Uh, he's not gonna stop. <laughs> he's not stopping. He can't his, stop him. She'll eat his food no. later. That's fine. She'll eat his food later. They'll equal out. I promise. Anyway, thank you for putting up with the difficulties, the technical difficulties today. We ran a little late because of it, but. Appreciate our guests and everyone in the chat for sticking through. I will fix that, and we'll hopefully have what is a solid show on the Yubtubs in the near future. But thank you again, you two, for joining us, for spending your time on a Friday to uh, to discuss Savage. I know you guys did something similar last week, so appreciate you coming back to do it again. We, uh, we were always happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us. Oh, I'm happy. And I'm Why? Here. Thank you so much for it's got to end sometime, man.
does. What do you hate more, that or Time Stop? They're, they're probably right on par with each other <laughs> in terms of the I'm sick of this bit. Yeah. All right. It's okay. It's all right. Anyway, thank you again. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you at? Keo, where can everyone find you at first? Uh, probably twitter.com slash it's like underscore Keonu underscore, fortunately. <laughs> Um, not probably should have that change. You don't, you don't sound so sure about that. No, no, no. It, it, it is that I was more like that tone was because it's a weird, like, it's not intuitive. I should be like okay. TPS Q or something. Anyway. Um, yeah, probably Twitter. I don't tweet very often. Sorry. I'm kind of a shy boy, but, um, I'm also usually hanging out in Sphia's chat when he's streaming. He's Sphia's number one fan. Big fan. <laughs> Especially the witness playthrough. That was great. I actually caught some of that. That was good. All right. That's a good game. Uh, yes, but as for me, I stream semi-frequently on twitch.tv slash sphere. Uh, my Twitter is twitch, uh, sorry, twitter.com slash ff sphere. Uh, yeah. If you go to just sphere, it's, um, let's find out science thing. Yeah. It's weird. F um, sphere. Oh, no, no, no. Here we go. That's me. That's you. Uh, the official Twitter of Sp- oh Sports and Fitness Industry Association Sphia oh that's what okay. it is promoting sports fitness they have like three thousand followers. It's also San Francisco International Airport. I yes. didn't think this name through, um, but yeah, that's where you can find me most of the time. Uh, otherwise, yeah, that's that's it. Don't contact <laughs> me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, otherwise. All right. Thank you again, both of you. Sly, what are you doing? What are you up to? You hunting? I'm hunting. What's the plan? Tell everyone what you're up to. Uh, You can find me at twitch.tv slash Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox. You can find me on Twitter at Sly at the Fox. PC rises out. Just catching up. Getting situated before summer comes out during the summer. Um, This month is... WSLI's anniversary month. So we're doing a couple things. Um, free mini mix, free official mix, access to the 24 7 music bot on our Discord is open to anyone. So if you need any uh, WSLI at any time of day, hop on our Discord, go into the 24 7 music bot, it's there. Um, as far as doing lives again, we will be back February 5th since Cues are not that bad anymore, and it is really, it's a lot easier to get to other uh, servers uh, in terms of world travel. So we'll be back on February 5th for uh, WSLY Live. Um, other than that, like I said, we've got a lot of hunts. We'll be hunting tonight. Tonight. So if you have uh, Mod Hunt and Rise on PC, you're more than welcome to join us. Catch up. Cat's been hunting too. He's yeah, it sounds like my cat's hunting me right now. That's what it's. My palicos <laughs> are trying to kill me, and but then the other one. Look now, the other one's eating. See, they're just. I'm. I'm literally like cat central right now. I. I literally cannot stop. Hey, no, stop. There you go. Throw him a treat. Oh. <laughs> He's just. This is him nonstop. Anyway, I'm Mr. Happy. You can find me, Mr. Happy One Two Seven, Twitter, Twitch. Whatever, all the plish, Google it. I don't fucking know. 
Anyway, I'm on platforms I don't even use anymore, so I just can't even remember them all. I'm just cranking shit out. Finally taking a bit of a break to hunt. I gotta get my monk build done. I need my Akuma outfit. I need the high ninja sword, and I just punch shit. I don't even use the sword. That's it. It's just, you just... They don't want to give me Tonfas and Monster Hunter? This is what I have to do. I have to make my own fist build. Aloha, go. Should have played Frontier. No, it's canceled. I can't play it anymore. I don't want to play it anyway. I didn't want to play it. I know, I know, I know, you don't have to say it. Anyway, so, (laughs) fucking coffee pasta, the fucking sphere face, the (laughs) Osmosphere. It's so good. Uh, Yeah, you can find me doing one of those things. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus is coming up soon, playing Rise right now. 6.08 balance changes, I've got a few other uh, 14 videos in in the docket for YouTube as well. Um, then in the next couple months, I mean, there's, God, there's Lost Ark, there's Elden Ring, there's Strangers of Paradise, there's stuff I'm not even gonna get to play, there's like Forbidden West, and Final Fantasy VI mm-hmm. Pixel Remaster, and Forspokens in May, and <sighs> Things! Things. It's a good thing 14 is not doing any updates for the next couple months. I can do the shit I need to do, go get it. Anyway, and, uh, we'll be A-OK. Yes, chaos. On that note, Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'll fix this up and get it into a postable state, hopefully, for YouTube, and that'll be up as soon as possible. Thank you to everyone. We're going to go into a very short post show because we ran a little bit late, and we will see you. I have something planned for next week's live, but I need to see if I can get guests for it. Okay? I have, like, three shows planned. All right. Perfect. Anyway. It's great. With that, we'll see you next time. And until then, take care. See you next time.